The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, including footwear, apparel, and rucks. Oh, a backpack. Like a backpack, if backpacks were made to last under the toughest conditions in the world. Mm. Everything they make is backed by their Scars Lifetime Guarantee and is tested and proven over and over and over again at GoRuck's events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GoRuck brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GoRuck link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and event registration that you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. made a face at the bumper music i was she, startled she, she made a face i, I and i also startled. knew she was going to give me crap for not being there in person yes, i knew that was going to be the listen- first words out of your mouth the moment i saw you your right, listeners should know that you're not physically here with us right I'm now not, like i'm not there i i drove over to be here as a guest and yes. you're not here you're right but but i mean like there's not many things about our podcast that i'm certain are fantastic <laughs> like truly top notch but the bumper's fantastic. It's a good bumper. I, and you made a you made a face. It wasn't a like disgruntled face with the music of the bumper. It was the startle <laughs> factor. It was You didn't know it was like, happening. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know it was coming. You're like, yeah. "Okay, you press a button and then all of a sudden it's in my ears very loud." I don't it's, know if I buy it. It's wonderful bumper music. We'll I'm so impressed. Well, we oh, didn't well, tell thanks. her you were, I knew you were about to play it, so I was like I was anticipating, but it was loud, so like I would but I was ready for it. If I didn't know it was coming, I would have probably made like a little uh uh-huh. Thank too. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with her. Thank you. Of course you do. Yes. Well, she's our guest. I have is... to agree with her. But I have <laughs> to also disagree with you. So it's like clearly a round and round. You found yourself listening to the Solid 7 podcast. We are a better than average podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but just barely. <laughs> I just wanted to say Clearly. So uh, each week uh, we like to get together, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us. And uh, more often than not, we invite a guest to come along with us. And uh, last week, you know, we had uh, a a former uh, military man, a retired military man who's currently still a police officer and a SWAT sniper. And we figured we'd just stay right in that same vein this week (laughs) and uh, bring on our good buddy, Doctor, right? Right. Christina. Oh, you got it? You finished? I finished three years ago, so thank you for being Whoa. such a good friend. I knew you. I last. I think I don't know if we've had a, a conversation since. Wow, because we see like, each other, but we don't like like conversate. So I knew you were no. like years ago working on it, but I didn't know you got it. That's cool. I just feel like so special right now. You you didn't come into the room <laughs> to record. You didn't know I had a doctorate and. I went no, with you I, to a Greek festival once. Does that mean anything? You did. You did. I and cared you did, about your so. culture. That's true. Thank you. You're welcome. Bravo. Well done, sir. And I went to your your homeland, and we were coincidentally in your That's homeland true. at the same time, but right. on opposite sides, perfectly going around each other. I'd be in Athens, you'd be in Ia, and then you'd go to Athens, and then I'd be in Ia or something like that. And it was constantly. That's right. It was perfectly. We were missing each other constantly. The the best type of friends. Yeah. <laughs> So if uh, this portion of the conversation and the last name Angelakis didn't give it away, <laughs> you are of uh, Greek heritage. Correct. And uh, your family, not not quite the family from my big fat Greek wedding, but 
Like not far off. Like pretty close. If you've seen the movie, it's pretty close. Like Maya Yao would come around and like follow us with Clorox instead of Windex. So that was a thing. That's real. Like that's real. Very real. The wow. year that movie came out, my Thea, my aunt, was getting married to a non Greek. And so he had to get baptized into the Greek Orthodox Church. They had like a little kiddie pool celebration for him. Um, we all had the blue dresses and it was super fun. We broke plates, danced. I Those heard plates get, get broken. This stresses me out. I heard the plate <laughs> the thing is not real. It's more a ho- It's become more of a Hollywood thing than a real Greek tradition at this point. Is that true? So uh, Greeks are also very like, don't like to spend money. So yes, it has become <laughs> more of a Hollywood thing. We didn't want to break expensive plates, but it is a thing like, like to celebrate, yeah. you drop a plate, you know, but how did we that did even it. happen? Like, were they like maybe, I don't know, drinking too much wine in one of these Greek parties and someone accidentally dropped the plane. Like, ha, ah, that was fun. And then they just kept going. A hundred percent. That's the history. I like that story. Yeah. If You're that's, welcome. That's what I would go with. Like that, he's just trying to cover. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like, right. I'm not a klutz. I'm just trying to party. Yeah. Let's but get I'm, this thing going. I meant to do that. Yeah. Because our so, tour guide in when, when I was there in Greece, she was Greek and she was talking because I asked her all those very American cliche questions and I was yeah. like, do you guys really drop plates like when you're happy and, and celebrating? And she goes, <laughs> no. She's like, I've, I've never done that. And I don't know anyone who has. She's like that kind of traditionally with, I guess, within real Greek people in Greece died out like 100 years ago, she said. I was like, really? Because in my big fat Greek wedding, I saw like 10 years ago, y'all were still doing it. So He said real. He said real Greek people. Yeah. And there's some implications yeah, there. Yeah, I caught that too. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean like that. I meant like people that are living in Greece that are yeah. like, like natively living there currently. I got to say, that's strike two. That's a lot of equivocating there. It's a lot of backpedaling. Well, speaking of partying like the Greeks from 100 years ago or now, whatever, uh, let's crack some Jocko Goes Open. Now, you listen to the podcast, so you know what's up here. You know this is coming. Right. Um, Now, is is this going to be your first Jocko Go, or have you listened to the wisdom of the podcast? So, this will not be my first one because I do not drink energy drinks. Whoa. So, you can black knight me. And drink it for me. <laughs> Negative Whoa. Ghost Rider. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, you gotta at least take a sip or we gotta, we gotta call a shot right now. You, but you need to understand, like you're lumping this in with a, a very nasty category of beverage. I, I almost hesitate to even call these an energy drink. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, call it an energy drink. I mean, they need a category all their own. There's no, there's no sugar. There's no preservatives. There's no garbage here. There's not like... There's not enough caffeine to kill a horse or or make a horse win the Kentucky Derby because they, they all cheat, right? I mean, we all understand it's like professional cycling, like all the horses are doped up. We all we all know that, right? But they're yeah, not doped up that. on Jocko Go. I did not know that. They dope up the horses before a race? Oh, Show oh, me dude, the... They, the horses get busted. Like, they get busted for shooting the horses up with stuff all the time. Show well, me like, the articles. What are they, I'll read that. Yeah. What, what are we they don't putting fact in check like, here on the Solid 7 <laughs> podcast, all right? This is all opinions. Just say it with conviction and roll on. Okay. okay. So. So the horses are getting doped. And uh, but not but not on Jocko Go cuz it's not full. It's not full of garbage. It's stuff that's good for you. It's basically a health drink. I'd say it's like a smoothie, but smoothies also full of garbage, full of sugar. I just had but a smoothie this. today from Wawa and it was pretty good. Yeah, Wawa's where I'd go for a smoothie for sure. Well, it's like four bucks versus uh, freaking Planet Smoothies for like eight bucks for the Josh, same size. 
I don't know if you've listened to enough of the podcast to know this, but all of Josh's food decisions are based entirely on cost, not taste, ever. As, as yeah. they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Why? So, why you say it like it's a bad thing. No, you're smart. Thank you, Save Christina, the yeah. doctor not, in the room. I, thank you. I'm, thank I'm you. just saying, ganging up against Kale at this point. I'm not saying you shouldn't <laughs> consider it at all. It just shouldn't be your sole consideration. Okay, I it's can a see very that. Yeah. big consideration. But you eat at that Greek place, Olympia, a lot. I love Olympia. Well, not anymore. It's they change their stupid hours. They don't. They're not open the days I want to go. They're only open like Thursday wait, and Friday or something like that. Can I tell you? Wait. Will they listen to this podcast? No, they're a money no. laundering place for sure. Thank you. Okay, Wait, I'm. Are they related sh- to us? Does do our mothers run it? No, because listen. they're money laundering. Then, then no, they're not going to listen. Every they time I go there, you go it's there often too. There's yes. no one in there. There's it's no one in always there. me and the waitress, and I'm like, "How and do you guys have money? You've been open for 20 years." And the guys over there in the back corner, just like counting singles slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% sure they're the mob. Well, no, guys, you need to understand a lot of people today go out and pay for their meals with, with singles, with cash. <laughs> I mean, with cash, period, but especially singles. Like especially. There's, there's clearly a valid reason for them to have that much. Just a lot of cash. I mean, with their Euro the spank, and they're delicious, and I love it. And it's a they're Euro so and fries. Not a drink, though. I don't get the drink because the drink's like two something. And I'm like, do you know how much a Coke is <laughs> anywhere is else? <laughs> so I get just the meal. And then it's like eight bucks and it's a delicious euro. I love that you know how much it costs. Because I need it. If it's a good price and it's good food, I log it into the into the yeah. cerebellum and then I go back. <laughs> so now this is this has never happened before. This is a, this is a hard pass. This is Listen, a, I'm choosing to live my life not optimized. I, I have yes. no interest. 100%. Wow. We've never had but to proceed without a, a guest partaking. I, I you said apologize. you've had one before, though. And you didn't no, like it? No, I said I've never had one. She's oh, saying this isn't going to be I, her first time because yeah. she's not doing it now Oh, either. I misunderstood. Yeah. I will not drink an energy drink, but they look fantastic. And I'm so excited for you to drink now, one on my behalf. On the upside. Well, Josh, cheers. Cheers. Brother. Now, there's a couple of upsides here. One, that didn't just cost me $3, right? <laughs> like, there's a Jocko Go that can go back in the fridge. And I, I didn't risk having to give you my mango. That's going to... I had orange and mango. I was going to let you pick. And now, so cheers, everybody, except for Christina. I am a little offended, but I guess it's all evened out now. I can't be offended because I offended you first. So I told you it was a bad call getting me on this podcast. Listen, if you're you're not like Christina, if you don't want to live a subpar, suboptimal life, if you do want to be optimized, if you do want to deadlift roughly 8,000 pounds, if you want to be mentally sharp, if you do want a little boost, but you want to do all that without the garbage. You go to solid7podcast.com. You click the link for Jocko Fuel. You click on, let's be honest, the mango. I mean, get the flavor of your choice, but let's be honest. It, factually, I mean, just, you know, as Echo Charles would say on the Jocko podcast, factually, the mango is the best. Uh, and you go to the payment screen and you put in solid7 for your promo code, S-O-L-I-D-7, and they give you 10% off because we're awesome. They're awesome. And once you drink your Jocko Go, you too will be awesome. Amen, brother. <laughs> so, unless you're Christina. There you go. You're just going to drink your little Greek water over there. <laughs> have you ever been wow. to Greece, Kale? Uh, I have not. However, I have seen um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I have seen <laughs> Mamma Mia the movie. No. And false. I have seen Mamma Mia on Broadway. No. So, basically, yes. 
Mamma Mia does not count as a Greek film. Um, false. No, I would I'm sorry. trust one the doctor to the Greek in the room. Good, so. jo- good job. Okay, we got to get this out of the way real quick. This whole this whole doctor thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, I, like, I don't know if they cover this when they give you the doctorate, but we all understand. Major accomplishment. Awesome. I already awesome. hate where this is going. What is it? It's so a, a PhD, right? No. Is that what you have? What do you have? It's a doctorate, a DSL. It's ju- okay, a, a DSL. So, I used to have DSL, and then I got cable. Yeah, I was going to make that joke. Thank you. Uh, you guys are the and worst. So, um, but we do understand, and hopefully they explain this to you as part of the doctorate program, uh-huh. that if you have a doctorate, if you have a, a, a PhD, a doctorate, mm-hmm. and you, you request that anyone anyone ever call you doctor oh no outside of an academic setting no that you might as well be wearing ed hardy you might as well be wearing a tap out shirt because you're tool listen so my sister sometimes when we go traveling and we're flying you know how you can put in like titles into the name of the ticket so she always joking is like i'm gonna put dr christina angelakos on your ticket and i'm like oh my gosh that's my biggest fear because god forbid i'm on the plane and they look at the like log and they're like is there a doctor on the plane and i'm like no i'm not i'm not gonna be it's performing like, cpr on some guy randomly i have like, no medical knowledge it's like the episode of friends when they're at the hospital and ross says he's dr ross geller <laughs> and they say hush that means something here right exactly it i was thinking nothing, more the zero. marine biologist with seinfeld and they're like is there a marine biologist who the heck yells that when they well, see a beached whale <laughs> But, I love that episode. No, the beauty of them is that they were willing to mock even real doctors, like when the uh, when he's dating the um, oh gosh, oh the what, dermatologist, yeah, the dermatologist, yes. yeah. whose lives are you saving? <laughs> he's like, oh, skin cancer. Skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't uh, it on there too, where there was an emergency and there was an actual doctor sitting next to Jerry, and then they're like, we need a doctor, and then the guy like ignored it, and Jerry's like looking at him like, aren't you? Aren't you going to help? He goes, nah, I'm not going to help. What? So I get delayed. Is that Seinfeld? Or is that a different I don't show? remember that. I mean, it sounds like Seinfeld. It sounds like something he would do. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, but what what are you a, a doctor of? Strategic leadership, which means nothing. I can strategically who, lead you somewhere. Like who decides <laughs> that you can, who decides that you can be a doctor of these things? That is a great question that I don't know the answer to. And I don't really care about. So why did you pick that then? Why, like, why? Walk, walk me through it. Walk me, walk you through why I picked a. Yeah, like, can you? Can you? I, I have a high school diploma. That's what I'm working with here. So that's great. Tell me, tell me the pro. Like, so you got your bachelor first. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a bachelor's from UF in business, Mm -hmm. and then I went on to get a master's degree in organizational leadership. Okay. And then I was like, I'm so close to being called doctor. I'll just go a few more years. And you're like, you know what? This organizational leadership, it's good. Yeah, I'll stick here. But it needs to be more strategic. (laughs) Right, exactly. Not tactically, but more strategic. Right, right, right. So you don't want to work tactically. You want to work strategically. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Dropping a little bit of Jocko wisdom there because, of course, Josh has a Jocko go. And so he has that wisdom to offer. What's up? So, uh, yeah, dropping a little, uh, you know, gaining the Jocko knowledge by osmosis and uh, and just dropping it on us here. So So are you you smarter than Jocko then, Christina? Are you smarter? No. No? Okay. Are you smarter than Andy Stanley? No. Uh, John Maxwell? No. Who's another Uh, leader guy? You might have Maxwell beat. 
No. Elmo, no. Cookie Monster, no. Like, <laughs> I just worked really hard and cried a lot, and they gave me a degree, so <laughs> I took it. I feel like that usually works out. You guys just start crying, and then people are like, okay, here. It's fine. You pass. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I read once in, uh, like, a men's health or something, uh, and it was in the context of, like, a girlfriend or a wife-type relationship, but I think it probably just holds true for for your gender or sex or whatever the right word for that is these days um just in general but it was like a woman writing an article for the men's magazine that was like you know things your girlfriend or wife wish you knew but won't tell you right and one was like you've made her cry more times than you will ever know oh and so i've i've asked like every girl i've dated uh since then that question and then asked it in the context just of generically right and 100 accuracy 100 percent of the women that I have asked, I'm like, is that real? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. You've never made me cry, um, not once. Well, no, not that I've done it, but like, <laughs> oh. just in general. Oh, men in general have yeah. made women cry. Yeah, I mean, but I, it doesn't feel like a big burden because it doesn't seem like it takes much. I mean, <laughs> wow, it's a low bar. I, like, <laughs> like, I'm not sure this wouldn't be happening without my influence. Listen, <laughs> I mean, some girls are more prone to cry, I guess. I don't know. I but feel you like don't seem like that girl. I I don't cry easily, but then sometimes I do. Like I've seen Bambi too many times and I cry every time I see that. Oh. But I don't know if I've ever I seen don't Bambi. Cry. Josh's watched- dad died uh, when he was young. Does that make you cry? Oh my goodness. Can we get some tears right now? Edit, edit, cut. Oh, <laughs> uh, we talk about our dead dads all the time. <laughs> That's awful. That's how they'd want it. Yeah. In you the like, you like mean, to live with death than- in the forefront to help us appreciate what we have now so that we live more intentional lives. Do you want me to cry? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. Cause well, like we, find out what my threshold is. I think what we would can make work it? our way up to it. Yeah. yeah. Let's, I if, mean, if by the end of this podcast, you make me cry, I'll drink the Jocko drink go. Oh gosh. That's, that's not a very high bar. So like I was I just 15 like. years old and my dad looked down and he couldn't breathe as easily. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm, t- I'm trying to be serious. <clears throat> Sorry, try harder. But I, you know, I'll, I have to say, like, uh, part of why we love Christina so much is um, her love language is the same as ours, which is just pure white hot hatred. No. <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys bullying me? I came onto um, this podcast because I thought you guys listen, thought I was nice. I have and- a photo ready to share to the two of you of Christina and I as small children. If you, if you were ever um, not ragging us or talking smack to us, I would be afraid that I had angered you in some way. <laughs> it's true. Look at your phone. I sent you to a picture. Uh, I'm in the middle, and then Christina Holy is standing off in a very cow, stylish dress off to the right. That's a picture. What are you, and probably like eight years old there? Oh my gosh. Wow. Look at you. You've I know got, I got a vest. We should I still explain wear that this vest. to the. <laughs> I'm sure it's still And then fits. you see the guy killed to the left of me right there. That's the guy who made our bumper. Oh. Matt. Holy cow. Matt. This picture is all the things. This is all the things. Wow. wow. Oh, my goodness. You're going to put and this that, up on the oh, podcast. Oh, that's your brother standing uh, between us, by the way. That's Nick in between us. With his hands in his pockets yeah. and a polo shirt yeah. and a belt. Yeah, we might have to share this one on the old Insta. You should. So. Josh, you're welcome. That is a three-piece suit. And look how far you've come now. Look at us I know. now. I mean, you, I'm still Josh. wearing that same exact vest today. Yeah, I'm wearing that dress. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> oh my goodness i love this picture so much he sent a second it'd be more entertaining if josh was wearing the dress if i'm being honest that's why well, i th- thought that was clear how we were describing the photo i'm the one in the dress and right exactly <laughs> christina is the wearing the vest yeah the three-piece suit um the second picture with you and my brother and he's wearing a veggie tails tie i never got, noticed that it's got wow. bob the tomato on it gosh i forget how long uh i've known y'all yeah, you're super so, old. I regularly uh, <laughs> describe Christina as my least favorite person in my favorite family. <laughs> it's true. Which still means you outrank most people. That's true, though. But, uh, I am your no, least favorite. You do come from a pretty uh, amazing family. They're the best. Yeah, We're, I don't know anyone who's not a fan, and if I do, I don't want to know them. Yeah, because they're trash. Yeah, I don't want to stop <laughs> knowing them. So, uh, but uh, now, so what? What does one do with uh, a doctorate in strategic leadership? Things and stuff. Okay, Just, so it's really cool. Like yeah, your 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 hitch. I'm a yes. consultant. Yes. Yeah. Hitch is yes, exactly what I do. Word of mouth, get jobs, and just consult. And then just bill people for talking to them. Uh, exactly. That's what I want to do. It's, I mean, I guess that's what I'm trying to do here. Like, I just want to bill people for talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so exactly advertisers what step right up. Yeah. You you should advertise your strategic leadership on the Solid Seven podcast. It's win, win, win. It's win, 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 yeah. win. Yeah. It's all, it's all three wins. <laughs> like that episode of The Office. Can we just skip ahead like to like a, win, win, win or whatever it is? Yeah, whatever the last one is. You win. No, can we skip I ahead win to win, win? No, no. Successfully win, win solving is stage four. <laughs> yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah, the suggestion is to skip to win, win. And that's actually not the final stage. Mm-mm. Win, win, win. It's win, stage. win, win. Gosh, you guys don't even watch The Office. Because I win for negotiating a peaceful negotiation. <laughs> uh, and that's this week's Office Recap. You're welcome. Let's take a break. But no, really, you've, you've done some things. You run your own thing. Yes. Right? So I thank you for looking so well into my history. Yeah, yeah. And knowing no, about all the things that I'm doing. We do yeah. the most professional of show prep here at I, the Solid Summit Podcast. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, so I have an organization called Volunteer U, and we help churches, nonprofits, and some corporations um, develop their volunteer teams. So I do that with my dad, who is a pastor and has worked with nonprofits and volunteers in the past. And so that's what we're working on right now. It's a lot of fun. Get to I, work with a lot of different organizations. I will say your dad's probably one of, if not the meanest dudes I've ever met in my life. He yeah. is so horrible. Like, People, just the amount of like hate that he just oozes constantly i'm like people, i can't i don't even know how he's a, like a pastor yeah people tremble when they see him yeah <laughs> obviously this is completely not true at all he's the nicest human being like yeah. in the world he, i saw him coming towards me the other day and i was like is there a halo around his head because <laughs> he was walking he was floating towards me yeah he was just floating him. towards me no he's the nicest guy and he's the same way at home that he is around other people which is crazy he's super nice does he pay like yeah. 10 bucks to say that each time yeah i have the 10 bucks in my pocket right now sweet He's the best. Yeah, I've been fun. around him in, in many a setting. Like, he was my boss for a while, way oh, yeah. back in the day in another lifetime, and uh, just at home in different events and at work, and I've, I've never, like, he's always just him. I've never seen any other, yeah. any other version. No, he's the same. Yeah. And then my mom is really funny, too. She's crazy, and people are always surprised about, like, how fun she is, and she's the real sass in our family. That's where we get our mouths from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. Yes, she's great. So, 
Big fan. So you guys are doing the volunteer you thing together. Right. So that's uh, just a, like a nonprofit that you guys do that. No, with? it's for profit, but we Whoa. work with non. Yeah, I know. Look, Look at me at trying that. to make money. Mm-hmm. So people got to pay off that doctorate. I know. Actually, my doctorate is paid off. I went through debt free. So. you fancy? I know. People, you can do it. Debt free. How? How I. Um, got a lot of grants, did a lot of scholarships, and then only took as many classes as I could afford <gasps> each semester. A novel idea. Why don't so, more people look, think of that? That's crazy. Well, and the nice thing is now that you've done that debt free, mm-hmm. you're you're making money that you can use to contribute in taxes to cover writing <laughs> off other people's student loans. Stop talking. That makes me so aggravated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right uh, now, one of Kira, Kira has two student loans. One of them is on pause thanks to Biden right now. So, like, we're just oh, focusing yeah. on that. Thanks, Uncle Joe. But it's nice. like, hopefully, I mean, I don't want him to because then people like you who did, like, worked hard and whatever. <laughs> but, like, if he does absolve it, I'm kind of like, I mean, that's kind of, I'm kind of, I'm not mad. I but mean, at the same time, out. I'm like, someone's paying for it and I'm, my kids will probably end up paying for it if they happen. But, yeah. No, right. I mean, I mean, you too. It's, that's the thing is, is nothing's free. Like, that, that debt doesn't just dissolve right. and go away. No, It'll help me no right now. Life. But it's not going to help my grandkids probably. Right. Or even your future you. I, I saw somebody snarkily beating the drum the other day. Um, you know, somebody in the science community beating the drum of like, if only there was a, like a definitive way to defeat COVID that was like safety tested in billions of people. Like they're making, uh, obviously making all these points. They, you know, they feel like, you know, real snarky points mm-hmm. um, about the vaccine is like, and so say, you know, t- safely used on billions of people and free. And I'm like, I like, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to mature as a human being past the point where I get sucked into pointless internet debates because you can't gain ground. Everybody digs in. The, yeah. No mind. You're not winning you're not, hearts and minds. You're not it's changing nothing, anybody's opinion, right? though. It's, uh, you know, you never you never wrestle a pig in the mud, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the pig enjoys it and you both get muddy, right? <laughs> uh, but so, like, it's just so, it's just so hard not to comment, right? Like, oh, you're right. It's just so kind of, like, Pfizer and Merck and Moderna to just to just give all those away for free. That's yeah. amazing that they're doing that and they're just eating all that cost. Oh wait, no, they are getting paid by who? Who's paying them? Oh, the government. Where do they make their money from? Where do they get all that money? Surprise. Now, and the funny thing is, you can't even say, "Oh, they take it from us," because no, they stopped that. They just print it. <laughs> so. Actually, we uh, collected record taxes in uh, over this past whatever period it was, year or quarter or whatever, and it's still not enough to cover everything they want to spend. So, anyways, but yeah, not you guys. You my- guys are capitalists, and you're earning your your own money there with you your go. with your debt free degree. And so, it, that's an interesting area, like helping nonprofits with their volunteers. Because here's the thing about volunteers: is they are the best, right? Like volunteers are the absolute best. However, um, I was waiting for that. However, the dichotomy here is that they are also the absolute worst. Yeah. And you can't fire them. But you can. But you can. And that's where you guys. Yeah. We recommend firing them a lot to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talk a lot about like making sure you have the right people in and like, you know, vetting people before they join your organization to make sure that they're going to be a good fit and their motives line up with yours. 
But if you've grandfathered in volunteers or you have people that you were kind of just given, um, that doesn't always work. So at that point, we really do suggest that you help them find another venue to serve. And in in certain cases, too, we just tell them, hey, this isn't going to work out with this organization. We're going to have to phase you out. Yeah. As difficult as that is, but um, for the health of your organization, like sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. Well, depending on the role, not everybody's really up for every task. Right. And not everybody's there with the right motivation. Right. <laughs> like you can't assume just because it's unpaid work because it's volunteering that their motives are, are selfless and good natured. Right. So there was one guy, um, you guys actually probably remember him, but at our church, since we all go to the same church, um, he came up and I was leading a group and he's like, Hey, I want to volunteer. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. I said, what brought you to the church? And he was like, I just came to serve cause I heard the girls here are super hot. And like, I was like, Oh my goodness. That was me. No, it was. <laughs> do you guys know? <laughs> now, listen. Yes, that was me. I, That's the only reason why I ever came. <laughs> That's why you came. Yes. I can't, I can't judge super harshly because while it wasn't my first ever church experience, um, I got to say, like, there's a strong case to be made for the fact that I'm a Christian today because of a very pretty girl in high school uh, inviting me to to church. Really? We hey, if in, it gets them in, in the school, doors, yeah. you know. So Listen, I mean, he really wanted to serve, so we just pivoted his motives slightly. And when he didn't find a girlfriend there, he and moved so, on. Yeah, he started, so he now volunteers with the singles ministry. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's a win-win-win. Right win, back. Win, win. There you go. They call that a callback yeah, in the call biz. Yeah, callback. I like it. So, um, yeah, no, it was actually um, on uh, the, the echelon front is uh, Jocko and Leif's uh, leadership and consulting company and everything Your they competition. do. competition. Yeah, so oh, they've, man. they've got in. Uh, <laughs> That's why I don't want to drink the drink. But they've got an online component to Echelon Front um, yeah. called, I think they call it uh, Echelon Front University. Now it was EF Online, but they do like three zooms a week with uh, with their team. If you're if you're in that, and so um, they had a really good one uh, this week, and I can't remember exactly how they uh, termed uh like w- what they title it was basically like when to train and when when to fire type of thing yeah and their point was like if you've done everything right like if you've done all the work up to the point of firing right. really that person's going to fire themselves right like they might not sometimes they will willingly get to the point of walking out the door mm-hmm. but it, at the very least by not meeting the mark by not stepping up by not following the guidance uh, they've made the decision for you by time it's time for them to go. And that really, it's, it's a little bit of a different aspect when there's not a paycheck, right? but it's really, it really is a similar process with volunteers. I would assume, exactly. or would love your opinion where it's like, if you're, if you're trying to train them up to where they, they can do it right and they just can't measure up or they're not willing to, that's almost always going to resolve itself right. one way or the other, or at least to the point where at the point that you have to make the call for them, you don't have to feel bad about it. They made the choice. You're just finalizing it. Exactly. No, that's so good. And we've seen that a lot too with organizations when we're coaching them through these hard like transition outs. A lot of times we start having them do trainings and culture shifts within the organization as volunteers who have been there a long time start to feel uncomfortable and notice that they're not matching up. Then they start to kind of phase out themselves. So to your point, it's exactly what happens, Yeah. but it does need a training component. You know, you have to put some work in. Well, and it's this funny dichotomy, even in uh, like volunteer situations where uh, the higher the standard yeah. is, the tougher it is, the more people want in and the more like military would say, the more unit pride right. there is, but you can, whatever that unit is, group, business, whatever, the more pride they're going to have being involved in that thing. Cause it's like, I'm on, like, I'm, 
because I'm on the team, I know everybody knows I meet that standard. Right. Right. So it's like kind of the more you expect or the stricter you are or the tougher it is uh, to maintain, really, it, it piques that interest. Like people want that. They, they want to like if it's special, if it stands out, if it's right. hard to do, people want that recognition. and They want to be right. associated it, with it. Right. It's like an elite group and they want to be a part of that and be a part of what what's happening with it. So. Yeah. So do you find that uh, nonprofits um, tend to uh, default the opposite direction, though, yes. because of the situation where it's like, no, we want to be easygoing. We want to have lower standards. We want to have a lower barrier to entry. Yes. Uh, and, but then that bears the, you know, it, it's two sides of the same coin. So it works the exact opposite direction, like the quality of the work they're producing the quality of the volunteers you're getting because like volunteers are people and people come in all kinds of different qualities. That's, that's not a knock. Right. And sometimes it's, it's not a low quality person. It's a low quality fit or it's been low quality training. So that's not me saying, yeah, I'm not, some people are garbage. All right. I'll just say it, but (laughs) that's not the point we're we're trying to make here. No, Uh, it's true. And a lot of nonprofits too just feel like they have to take anyone they can get because they're so short staffed and they're just like, we'll take anyone, we'll take anyone. But then they experience these problems where they're having people who don't match the culture, people who don't line up with the vision, people who are just not doing the tasks correctly or haven't been trained to do them correctly. And so they run into problems. But for us, I always say like, if you can find a volunteer with an attitude that matches the culture of the organization, someone with a fantastic attitude, they can be trained. Um, it's the people who come in, even if they're like super high skill sets, if they don't have the right attitude, then those people are usually the first to go. Yeah when they don't get their way or when they, you know, kind of clash with the culture of the organization. Which is such a challenge now though, like across the board, because like culturally attitudes suck now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Right. Like egos, we, we hit on it here all the time, both from like, obviously we're Jocko fans and Jocko and Leif and their stuff hits on ego all the time. Yeah. Um, which dovetails nicely with our Christianity because really everything from Satan on down all stems from pride. It's all, all yeah. sin is ego driven. Yeah. Um, right. And then, but then, you know, we're both big fans of like stoicism here on the podcast and, mm-hmm. and Ryan holiday and even like stoicism is a lot about checking the, the ego. Yeah. Um, and so, and you just see it over and over again. So like all these cultural things right now, the chads and the Karens and all that, everybody says it kind of tongue in cheek. And now we're approaching to where you're going to start to be canceled for saying Karen, you yeah. know, cause we just, cycle but then there will be a new word like fighting these uh, vocabulary wars is always so funny to me because we're just going to replace that with something else right. and you'll decide that's offensive and then that won't be okay anymore yeah. uh, but it is all, all it's all ego driven it's that my sense of, of justice is the right one my sense of right here is the right one and yours is wrong and I'm going to let you know and I'm going to get justice and right you know like what you wronged me and that's the most important thing in the world and so and just this spirit of complaining that just is so prevalent in society and so which is then a cancer in any organization right. nonprofit or for profit yeah. when you're looking for volunteers or you're looking for employees that that spirit of uh, I see nothing but problems don't don't ask me for a solution ever right um I got no solutions but I can tell you everything that's wrong um with everybody else of course nothing is wrong with me <laughs> I I'm not doing anything wrong um you know, and it's just, it's just a cancer and people just, just feed off of it. And it's so hard to undo once it's been prevalent. 
It's bad. And it's so toxic too for the organization because once one person with a bad attitude comes in, it spreads so quickly to mm-hmm. others because like you said, they're like gossiping or they're criticizing the organization and it it spreads. I was actually just talking to a CEO this morning and he was saying that he's like, it's just so hard. He was talking about staff members, but he's like, it's so hard to find people who are willing to work hard and who just have a nice attitude, like have a nice, yeah. you know, are happy to be at yeah. work and stuff. So, um, it, that's something we've been running up against a lot with, especially in the church environment lately, which is so sad because you feel like Christian volunteers should be a little bit nicer than the norm. Um, <laughs> yeah. The looks you guys just gave me. Well, no, it's funny because I, I, you know, well, it's just because uh, like you, it's like when you get, um, you can get a hundred positive reviews, but the one bad review you're going to remember, but you don't remember the hundred good ones, you know? So like right. we can have a hundred good volunteers, but for whatever reason, the bad one, like boom, instantly come. So when you're like, I don't know why the church where there's difficult people. And then like, I think I can think of like, boom, all these bad people just pop up. But then it's like, I have to think a little bit harder for all the good people. But no, yeah, that's why. Right. Yeah. Well, no, the, right. the funny, you know, I hate not the funny thing or, or whatever. Well, one, like to, to finish the thought that goes with the face that I made is it's just, uh, you know, that's always my um, kind of my advice or my litmus litmus test for people as they're going to work uh, in a church or volunteer at a church or, or at a Christian organization, uh, you know, is it, it can almost be um, not like a bait and switch, but the problem is like you go in expecting it to be like Sunday morning. Right. Right. And not it, it, everybody on best behavior and everybody's, everybody's whatever. And you know, maybe there, maybe there's people who aren't Christian right now going, Oh yeah, you're all a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. We, yeah. we we are who like who else should be in in church right yeah. like if you weren't you, you you maybe you'd be good uh right but um, i mean there's a whole salvation issue there but um but but the point being like when you go to work at that church when you go to volunteer at that organization when you go to work at that christian organization you're just going to work with people same it's as people. all the other people you've ever worked with yeah uh right and they're gonna fail you and they're gonna be mean and they're and they're gonna be petty and hopefully they'll be that less and hopefully there will be more room for grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. but when you go in with everybody on a pedestal right right expecting them to be something other than the human that they are yeah. right. it can be a real a real gut punch i mean you know talking about and it's uh, that's not to imply that all these christians and all these people at churches are fake or anything no, like that they're no. not they're they're just human they're just absolutely not not perfect yeah um, and that's what we've been talking a lot about too at volunteer you lately with some of the pastors we've been coaching we're talking a lot about just like loving people because at the end of the day it's all about people and it's about building relationships and you can coach people and that you know a lot of people do come in with good motives and sometimes um i remember this one volunteer we had was just being so mean one day and i just pulled her aside i was like hey you know what's going on? Are, is everything okay in your life? And she just started crying and she's like, everything's falling apart. And so usually when people are behaving out, you mm-hmm. know, there's a reason that they're doing that. So yeah. as leaders too, it's important that we kind of remember the human aspect and, and take good care of our followers and our, our teams by loving them and remembering that they are human and humans have bad days. So, yeah. Well, and you know, at its root, and again, I, I'm parroting Jocko. I'm not. I have no original thoughts, but <laughs> like leadership is manipulation, and people don't like that word because manipulation has a very negative connotation to it. But it's only negative if it's being used for negative purposes, right? Yeah. But leadership is manipulation. It is. I want to get you to take the action or actions that I want you. I want to influence you yeah, influence. to take the action mm-hmm. or actions that I want you to take for for whatever reason, right? Good, bad, or otherwise, and just know 
leadership cannot happen in a relationship void. Right. Not not in any extended, not for any extended period of time or in any truly effective way, right? Like you can lean on position and title right. for so long. But the reality is if you're leaning on that, if you were able to take a step back and look at your organization, you're probably not the leader. Right. Probably several, someone else or several someones are are leading. Right. Um, even though there's people doing what you're, you're telling them to do. Exactly. Yeah. But they're probably not doing it to the best of their ability. They may or may not be doing it in the way that you want it done. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's, but relationship, then you have influence yes. and, and can, again, uh, manipulate just sounds so negative. You, ha- you hesitate to say even now knowing that, but that's the real, that's just the factual reality of it. Like that's all leadership is manipulation. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And I was talking, uh, one of my friends he used to be a Colonel major in the army. I'm sure that's wrong. The way I'm saying it's it. Definitely. But. <laughs> <laughs> he's a okay. Colonel major. Colonel, lieutenant. He's could, a Colonel it, something. Could be a major a col- Lieutenant Colonel. Mm, he's a colonial lieutenant, right. lieutenant colonel's a thing okay well he was a colonel they'll talk about like you'll like the colonel and they'll refer to those as full bird bird colonels because there's also lieutenant colonels okay what's the higher colonel he was like the highest colonel you could be okay i mean just a colonel a, a okay. full bird colonel yeah. that's fine yeah so um, colonel not at all spelled like it sounds phonetics will fail colonial. you on colonel every time colonial yeah. anyways he was saying that um he had a battalion which is i think he said somewhere between 300 to a thousand men in it or women men and women at any point and he was saying that um as a leader of them like he had to earn their trust like he could lead them and they would do what he said but at the end of the day for them to follow him into battle and he was you know in battle positions that he had to earn their trust. So he would tell me that he like would always eat last. So 300 guys would eat before him and he'd make sure that they were all fed and happy and all that stuff. And he said at the end of the day, even the ones that, you know, he had a hard time with at first ended up following him and, you know, being like, let's do this. Yeah. My favorite no, kind of volunteer real. is the kind, sorry, Kayla, I was going to cut you off. You're going to keep on the subject. I was changing the subject, but with leadership, You're fine. But I was going to go to a different direction. Sorry. Go ahead. My favorite kind of volunteer is the one that likes to come in with all these suggestions, but then like is the volunteer that doesn't really have any um, producing abilities or <laughs> can contributes much, but they have all these ideas. And I'm like, is that you? Huh? Are you that volunteer? I'm that volunteer. No, but yeah, it's, like, just creates. it's like spirit of spirit of suggestion, but no spirit of action. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, there, there is, um, there is truth to, um, like there, there are, there are volunteers. And again, it's funny. There's not a lot of difference between like the volunteer and the compensated space. Right. There's really not. There's volunteers not much, are just yeah. compensated differently. differently. Everybody's right. compensated. Mm-hmm. Right. But there, there's volunteers that give life, that take weight off, that make things yeah. better. Yeah. And there's volunteers that absolutely take life. They are vampires. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, they, they, they just are right. Like it's, I don't, I don't even know. Like you're doing more work. It's taking more out of you to have them there than if they were just gone and you had to do uh, whatever it is that they're doing. But, uh, you know, without using, and and that's, that's the reality. And, but those are the people like, again, a lot of times that's somebody in, in, you know, looking at it from the church perspective, which tends to be our paradigm or where we, where we've experienced, but Mm -hmm. this would hold true for, for any situation like that. A lot of times, like, they're they're acting out right there's something driving there's that. something there's, driving it sometimes you just catch a real 
<laughs> a real one, right? Sometimes you just have a live one. Uh, but a lot of times that's, you know, something's going on. Something's driving that. They don't know any better. They haven't been taught any better. They haven't. Right. Um, you know, like we worked in in youth and it's in stuff like that. And it's like, you're like, man, this kid is a real. And then you meet the parents. You're like, like oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Right. Like we did like that kid's yeah. living with, yeah. with that. Right. And so, um, you know, and if you can address that, but you're only going to with relationship, right. Which right. has to be, so you've got to be about the person, not the task. Right. So like you're being about the task is being about the person. Cause if you can fit, fix the person, they can get the tax, the, the task done. Exactly. Right. Or they'll have the desire to, to get the, the task done. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that was always the challenge. One thing we, we did find that was really interesting though. And again, this probably definitely applies more, uh, in like a nonprofit situation, uh, you know, than, uh, you know, like employment. But what we did find is the people who would sit on the outside and snipe, Mm-hmm. Right. Like the people who w- would sit on the outside and, and were participators. Right. But not uh, not contributors. Right. That, you know, why do you do this? Why can't you do that? Why do you do this this way? Like those people were actually invested in a lot of times. If you could pull them in, if you could say, you know, obviously you have a lot of passion for what we're doing here. Uh, why don't you come help us do it? And that second they're on the inside, yeah. then they go, oh, that's why you you don't yeah. do that. That's why you can't do that. That's why. And those can be some of your best assets. No, it is. It's all about creating buy-in too and making them feel like they have an ownership stake in it. Ownership. Ding, 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 ding. Drink your Jocko, go. Cheers. Is that the buzzword? Yeah. It's all about owner. It's all about ownership. Extreme, extreme ownership even, one might say, if <laughs> one were Jocko. <laughs> So, but, but no, that's, that's it. Right. Them, them feeling like that, that they're a part of that. That they're a part of it. Right. It's not, it's not your thing. It's our thing. It's our thing. I'm a part of this. I I can contribute. And if I'm part of like in an ownership role too, then I want to make sure it succeeds. I want to make sure that this goes well. Yeah. Well, and I was actually, so, uh, Dave Ramsey's organizations doing their, uh, their big annual, yeah. uh, like leadership summit thing, uh, mm-hmm. in town here where, where we're based out of in Florida, uh, coming up, uh, I don't know, sometime in the spring or something like that. So I was actually on the phone with one of their people just this past week, oh. um, talking about that and talking about some of their philosophies at Ramsey solutions and at entree leadership and talking about why, you know, Dave Ramsey and I've, I've always loved this ideology. I parrot this a lot, that idea of everybody's self-employed. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have a, you don't have a boss. You don't have an employer. You have a client. Yeah. Right. But you know, he put it in the context of, of this when I was talking to, and this is just, you know, dude working the phones for me and I'm not talking to Dave Ramsey, <laughs> um, which I mean, Hey Dave, call me. You're welcome on the podcast. But, um, you know, talking about the difference in ownership makes, right. Like that's the difference between an employee yeah. who will like grab a piece of garbage off the ground and throw it away because exactly. it's not, it's not somebody else's problem because I, I own this thing yes. too, right? Like I, I'm part of it or, or, uh, uh, you know, whatever. And I don't know. We've, I know Josh and I've had the discussions about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on here. Just that idea of self-employment, right? Yeah. Like, oh man, you know, they, I, they, they're really not paying me enough. They're at work. Okay. Well, you need to either offer a better product mm-hmm. that they're willing to pay more money for, mm-hmm. or you need to find a more motivated buyer. Yeah. But it's your, you're the business. Yeah. Right. It's not, Yeah. you know, they're paying for your product. It's not, and, and it's just such a totally different paradigm than, uh, and you know, but the problem is then you, it gets really tricky when you're like, Oh, well, I mean, the, this job doesn't pay me enough to live on, or this isn't a fair wage. This isn't a living wage. Mm. Well, not every job's meant to support 
Yeah. Even a single human being and all their needs. Yeah. It's just not. Some jobs are meant for 16-year-olds to learn how to earn a paycheck. Mm-hmm. How dare you? McDonald's should be paying me 20 an hour. Dude, I saw, I'm not gonna lie. I was in a fast food drive-through the other day, and they're like, "Eric, because everybody's hiring right now, yeah, right? Everyone. It's the Great Resignation. Everybody's hiring, and so of course they had up there now hiring sign, and they're like flexible schedules and like tuition reimbursement, and like starting at this amount. And I'm not gonna lie, I started doing some math. I'm like, wait, starting at what? <laughs> to do to do what? This and, is and did you apply? This is getting this is getting. I can neither confirm nor deny. I'm like, this is getting tricky. Yeah. So. Christina, what are some, um, like, what are, I don't know what number or just one, because this is probably going to be hard to put you on the spot. Like, what are, like, maybe your top three advice things you would give to a leader? Like, if you can just follow these couple things, you'll have a good, successful team. Like, what are the key attributes a leader would need to have to be an effective leader, in your opinion, with your doctorate? <laughs> so, just a general leader or a leader of volunteers? I mean, I guess it applies to both, but yeah. if it, we're being specific to volunteers. Um, I was just thinking leadership because your doctorate's okay. in leadership, or is it specifically Wait. leadership of volunteers? No, it's not. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So if I would give advice to um, leaders, it'd be everything we talked about today. Like, just love your people. Remember that they're humans and that... Um, it's your job as the leader to kind of, I mean, this is a churchy term, but to shepherd them and like to really care for them as humans and make sure that they're doing okay. Like mentally, emotionally, um, that's just one Oh one is to, to think of them as people and to know that they have issues going on right. and that aren't related to their work issues, you know? Um, so that would be the number one thing. And then number two, I love the idea of an open door policy. Not a lot of leaders do that. Um, where you just tell your people that they can come in at any time and talk to you about anything um, and that you're there for them. It's part of that relationship building. So I, I don't believe in it. Do you do not? No, I don't think it works. It depends on the setting. So more so in, in volunteers where it's a little less formal, mm -hmm. uh, where you're not maybe impacting their income, they might actually come to you. I think in an actual like business or work setting, I think they there most people won't cross literally won't cross the threshold, and if they do, they're not gonna you're not gonna get the whole truth. They're not gonna be completely honest. But the idea of allowing them to come in and talk to you, I think, is important for leaders. I just think too many uh, there's too many leaders uh, again, whether it's it's business or not or, mm -hmm. or volunteer or nonprofit, think stating they have an open door policy alone like my door's always open, means that everybody who has an issue they would want to talk to them about is coming and doing it, and very few of them are. And so you end up in a bubble where you're just, if you're not going out and seeking it, and that's where like the your open door policy needs to be, I'm not just going to sit in my office all the time. I'm going to go out and see what's going on. I'm going to go to the front lines. I'm going to be among my people and find out what's going on because so they won't just come tell you. No. Okay. So that's more to my point is having the idea of like an open door policy where you're letting your people know that you're always available and that you are doing what we call walk arounds where you're going around to all your team and making sure and checking in with them. Um, so that's part of that relationship building there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think was that two? We asked for three. Did you, you want three? I, I, I whatever number you want, but I, I kind of <laughs> agree with both of you on that. 
on that one was like, because I was like, I agree with the sentiment for sure of, yeah, come talk to me anytime you want. But at the same time, say that. But then like to Kale's point, there does need to be a concerted effort of like what you said, going down to the front line people and talking to them, making sure they're all good. And then I think the more you do that, you do get the more people coming up to your office because they see that you have been a normal person and you've gone down to them. And then I think it makes that, that easier for them to come back up to you if they have an issue. Yeah. No, a hundred percent agree with that. So I, I think it does have to be, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, the things I would say I see missed most often either, um, or, or even that, that I've missed, um, as a leader that, you, that I've seen on both the, you know, the for-profit and non-profit side, um, is, uh, you know, people are too about the task and not about the people. Right. And you, right. and you miss there and you can gain so much ground there so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a pendulum that can, can swing, right? Like you can't be spending all your time. You've got to be about the mission, right? Right. Like you've got to be about getting the task done. Um, you know, and, um, Leif who does the, the, you know, does echelon front and does the books with Jocko. Um, you know, one of the things that, that he puts in the books and that he teaches at their sessions is, um, like, it's not, it's, it's not what you, I can't remember the exact way he words it, but it's not what you pre it's what you tolerate but it just goes back to that yes love on your people but then train them well and right. hold them to a high standard mm. and there's lots of other aspects to leadership and there's lots of other aspects to volunteers but if you can get those two things right you're more than 80 percent of the way there whether it's business or volunteering or, or whatever i think yeah and just with our experience with a lot of uh, leaders, of especially volunteers specifically, a lot of them focus so much on the tasks that they miss that relationship piece. And so I think that's why it's so important too, to focus on the the relationship building. That's one of the, the areas that we've seen that is really lacking. Yeah. For the most part. Well, and you've got to, when you're, when you're task fo- focused, that's when you, you end up with things where it's like, they only hear from you if they've done something wrong right. or if they, or if there's a project missing or if you, you know, some things it's almost like crisis management at that point, as opposed to like actual leadership. Yeah. And it's funny. I've been talking the past couple of weeks on here cause I've really gotten into the show Navy seals. I won't rehash all of it on here now, but uh, it's a strong recommend for me at this point. You can watch <laughs> it on uh, Paramount plus. I believe it's on CBS as well. They're going to start sponsoring you um, next, <laughs> but there was a uh, Navy seals call us. Um, but, uh, uh, just an episode I was, I was just watching in the, in the past day or two, like a, a dude's getting busted on cause he was supposed to be like their little, their little seal team is, uh, deployed right now and they're on a ship. Right. So they're having to live like real Navy life and conform to those. So there's yeah. like a meeting every day. And one of them is supposed to be like the, the representative at that meeting and he missed it. And like everybody just busts his chops yeah. and whatever. And it's, but so then in talking to one of the other guys, the deal is, um, like there, he's got a kid on the way back home and had just gotten news that there were complications with the pregnancy uh, and he was in his head over that. And that's yeah. why he missed the meeting should have played, but he didn't say that to anybody. Right. Um, right. Which there's some aspect of, of ownership, right? Like, yeah, no, it is. I was supposed to be there and I shouldn't be there. And here's how I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. But if you dig into the why, right? Like, um, you know, it's always this concept of as a leader, you're either making deposits or you're making with withdrawals. Right. Uh, right. And those deposits almost always come from the relationship. 
um, side. And so just digging in that little bit. Oh, I mean, hey, we really missed you the other day. You told us you were going to be there. Right. uh, You know, and we couldn't get X done or so and so suffered or, you know, like uh, from from me and Josh's world for so long. It was, you know, this this kid, you know, because when you're working in youth, man, those kids, a lot of those kids, especially from broken homes, they'll really glob on. So it's like they show up looking for that leader. Right. Like they're they're one. And, you know, that they were really looking for it. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, um, my mom had, you know, got rushed to the hospital and was in the ER. So thanks for asking if we're okay. Right. Exactly. And maybe, maybe they did, maybe they did suck. Maybe they did just, just biff. Maybe they did just blow it off. Maybe it's whatever, but you can assume the positive and let them reveal the negative. Right. You know, right. And then, and then deal with that. Uh, right. And then, so now you've made uh, a deposit instead of a withdrawal, where if you've assumed the negative, and there was something legit there, at least something more understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't, you can't get, you've got to, you've you're got in it. a deficit. You yeah. got to work your way back to that. And withdrawals are always bigger than deposits, always bigger than deposits. You People know? remember that. Yeah. Well, it's just like Josh was saying, right? Yeah. Like with anything, you know, you focus on those negative reviews or, you know, if you're running a restaurant or whatever, you know, one out of every 10 happy customers might write a review, but 10 out of 10 angry customers are going to write a review, right? Karen and Chad, they're going to be up in there (laughs) letting you know how long they waited for their food to come out. Right. And then it was cold when it got there. How dare you? And then you don't care because you're the mob at the Greek restaurant. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So you can go get your Spanakopita somewhere else, buddy. So Christina, uh, to your first point that you need to love people and, like make sure they feel loved and important, right? So say mm-hmm. you have a volunteer or uh, a subordinate, an employee, whatever, who's constantly not performing at the level that they need to be. How? So one, what are your steps and to get them to the standard they need to be? Like what Kale's saying, like you need to put them at the standard they need to be reached and keep them held to a high standard, right? What are mm-hmm. what are your practical steps to getting them to do that? And then if they don't reach that point, how long do you keep working on this person before you have to make that decision? Like you were talking about earlier, like, okay, it's time for you to maybe move somewhere else. Yeah. So, um, so like we were saying, it's all about relationships. So I would, first of all, check in with this uh, staff member to see, see what they're doing. Everything's okay. If they've always kind of underperformed or if it's maybe a new task that they've been assigned and now they're called to a greater standard and you're trying to coach them. Absolutely. Like I would coach them through it. I would walk them through it. Um, it depends on the task of course, but if you can surround them with like the right people to kind of coach them and lift them up as well, that's important. But then as a leader too, like your responsibility is that your team will perform. So, mm-hmm. um, back to my friend who's a Colonel major, <laughs> but like he, he was telling me, um, cause he used to be in charge of, um, uh, working on jets and he had a bunch of, um, people underneath him who were actually like building jets for the military. And so he's like, if a screw was loose and you know, something went wrong with these million dollar machines, like it wasn't the, guy working on turning the screws, you know, it was me. So he would, he would be in there like working with them, making sure they were following procedures that they knew what they were doing, that if they didn't, somebody was there to train them. And then, like you said, sometimes, um, when people are taught and they still mess up, like, yeah, we give grace and we'll kind of coach them through it, walk them through it. But after a certain point too, you just have to make the decision be like, Hey, this is not working out. So when it comes to that point too, I mean, I think leaders kind of know when, 
it's kind of a lost cause at that point. I think most leaders will know, but, um, it's, it's just when the employee or a volunteer is, is you've done everything that you can to coach them. And then they just kind of are still exhibiting the same behaviors and it's time to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you can go into it, you know, from the, from the leadership side of, um, like, I don't think that's ever an easy thing no. in that situation, but it, it, can you sit and honestly, like, are you going to sleep good that night knowing uh, there, I, I did everything reasonably that could be done right. for them to succeed in this position, mm-hmm. right? Like to me, you always start with, okay, may, maybe they just don't understand. Maybe I right. didn't clearly communicate. Maybe they don't understand the expectation or the task or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go back and, and, that's that's me right like yeah uh, clearly you know i i'm sorry that i didn't explain this better that i that i didn't give you more clear direction Mm -hmm. here here's what's expected here's how it needs to be done right do you understand yep have any questions yep um you know you know and there's you got to be careful how you word it because you don't want to go on the defensive if you're like okay explain it back to me then but if it's like you know i want i want to make sure yeah right that i've communicated it well right? right so like to make sure that I've done what I need to do, you know, can you convey to me like, so you're asking them in a way that's non-confrontational, right? Okay. Right. They clearly understand the expectation. They clearly understand the task at hand. Okay. They, they still failed. Maybe they lack the, maybe they lack the skill set. Hey, you know, I know we're on the same page about what needs to be done here and we're still not, not hitting that mark. Right. So here's where you're coming up short here. Here's, uh, you know, or here, here's where the, where the failing is. And let's, let's give you training. Here's the plan of action. How, here's how we're going to get you to where you succeed that. Mm -hmm. And then you got to follow up, right? You got to track back. There has to be performance standards really that are, that are met. Okay. You know, we're going to touch base. We're going to touch back next week. We're going to touch next month, whatever it is. And at that point, like I've made sure they understand the task. I've, I've given them every opportunity to be able to succeed in, in the task. Mm -hmm. They either don't want to, or they're not capable of it. Right. They got to go. And it's not a fun conversation, but you haven't left anything on the table. Right. And that's, that's when, you know, and a lot of times we, you know, we talked about earlier, a lot of times they, they'll see the writing on the wall first. Nobody wants to be the person, particularly in a vol. I got fired from volunteering. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that guy. Right. right? So a lot of times that, you know, and it will even be, you know, a soft out, you know, yeah. like oh, yeah. my schedule doesn't allow it anymore. Or, you know, I'm really interested in this thing. I think I'm going to try and go do that. Cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Like good luck, you know, whatever, all, all the best. No, no harm, no foul. Why, I mean, why would you be mad about that at, at that point? Right. Um, you know, so. But like to what you were saying too, it's important to track measurable standards too. So they know exactly where they are in the process and, and that you kind of have, you know, something to fall back on as you're in the firing process. Yes. You're like, Hey, this is where you didn't match up. So those measures are important. Um, I was reading, um, this book from Dale Carnegie. Tell me what you think about this quote. Cause it's tell me what you think about this. Uh, Dale Carnegie, I think he, it was in his, uh, friends and, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Yes. That one. Yeah. Uh Uh, He said this quote, "Uh, there's nothing else that so kills the ambitions of a person as criticisms from superiors. I never criticize anyone. I believe in giving a person incentive to work. So I am anxious to praise, but loathe to find fault. If like anything, I'm hearty in my approbation and lavish in my praise. Wow. That's, 
a lot of big words. So like he <laughs> says he never criticizes anyone. So yeah. that I mean, I like the the thought of I'm hearty my approbation and lavish in my praise. Like that's exactly what you're saying, Christina. But then like hey, I could see you thinking like so you never like what what do you think he means on I never criticize anyone? Not he's not mean, obviously, but so do you what what do you how do you think he I think there's a difference that? though between like criticism and correction. Yeah. So there should be, I mean, um, especially, okay. So certain people, if you are too harsh with them, they will break, like they just will. So you have to be very careful and kind of, like we said, to have that relationship when you come into the conversation. Um, but I disagree with the idea of never, I don't like the word criticism, but never correcting because sometimes volunteers do need to be corrected or, right. um, people who are under your leadership do need to be corrected. And I think that, um, some criticisms are healthy in a way, if you can bring it to them with love as a leader, and if you bring it to them, um, you know, encouraging them to do, do their best. Um, I absolutely hundred percent agree that you should also be praising constantly and encouraging your team. Um, but I think that there should be some, uh, if not criticism, at least correction in the process of leadership. That's what leaders do. What do you think of the encouragement sandwich? Are you in favor of the encouragement sandwich? What is that? You, that's Kale, the, you're doing a great job hosting this podcast, but you know, oh you're no. a little whiny in your voice, but the podcast is awesome. I, I feel like so many people do that as like an out, right? Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I think uh, encouragement positive, sandwiches are a little, and some a little crap. Because I'm like, as soon as someone like, especially superior starts complimenting me on something, I'm just, I'm just waiting. Like, can you stop and just tell me what yeah. I did wrong? Because I <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. I know some people that do do that, that yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. do the buffer. And I'm like, no, just tell me what I did. I don't need this fluff. Yeah. Well, if it's someone who never like praises you other than when they're going to criticize Correct. you, then you know it's coming. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think leaders should be praising and encouraging people constantly. And then when it is time to have those more difficult criticism or conversations where you're correcting, then people are more. Um, See, I think you have to hedge on that, though. Yes. Like, I think you should tend towards towards the positive and building relationship. Right. Yeah. I, I think it goes back to, um, you know, Josh, like the, the, the sandwich um, really goes back to withdrawals and deposits. And it's just like those, that praise isn't a deposit, right? Because they know it's not real. Yeah. They, they know oh, yeah. you get no, you get no credit for it. It's, it's counterfeit money. Well, you should a hundred percent be right? like not fluffing people up at all, yeah. but I'm saying like in general, you should be constantly like encouraging your team, not always telling them they're doing a good job if they're not, but like encouraging in other ways. But see, that's so we this is like a long term running joke with a friend of ours who's been on the podcast who, you know, uh, the one and only illusionist, Jason Alvarado, who is My an favorite. incredibly encouraging individual. Yes. But I've told him for for a long time. Right. Like um, and it's funny. We've got another friend who's like, when you say this, you like the nerd making fun of the quarterback. You know that. Right. I'm like, yeah, everybody loves him because they hear nice things about themselves from him all the time. He's amazing. But here, here's the thing. <laughs> He's a he's a better person than me all the way around. I, I'm not trying to prop myself up above him in any way, shape, it's or a low form. Bar. But yeah. But but here comes the middle of the sandwich. I I do know this. My if I'm praising someone, if I'm encouraging someone, it tends to have more impact and carry more weight because they don't hear it from me all the time, and they don't hear me give it to everyone I come across. So they know that when they get it, I mean it. So I've never heard you encourage anyone. So I well, know that. Not, as a- <laughs> not you. <laughs> right. 
It's never come my direction. Well, so try, what is this encouragement you try, speak of? It happens occasionally. There was that one time trying harder, but it's not. So like I probably fall on the wrong side of, of that pendulum swing. Nope. Right. Like I could probably be a little looser with my praise, uh-huh. but you can also be too. If it's all the time and it's for everyone, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just doesn't mean anything. Like it always reminds me of, um, of Daisy from um, the great Gatsby, right? Like everything she's has, I can't remember her little keywords, but everything's wonderful and everything's beautiful. Uh, it's like, because everything is that nothing is that. Oh, it loses. Its right. Specialness. So you can be too, you can be, Oh, it just doesn't, you lose impact mm. in, in what you're saying. Right. So I don't think you should withhold praise all the time mm-hmm. so that I can hit them hard with it, mm-hmm. but you can be too over the top with it and it can lose the impact that you're looking for in it where it's like, well, he tells everybody they're doing a great job and he tells everybody they're special and he tells if everybody's special, nobody's special. Listen, but back to Seinfeld. Do you I don't know why I just did the President <laughs> Biden whisper. But Do you remember the Seinfeld episode, though, where um, the doctor, is, they go to see the baby like, you gotta see the baby. Mm-hmm. And then they go, the doctor goes and he calls the baby, what is it, like exquisite or something? Beautiful. Yeah. Breathtaking. He's breathtaking. like, this baby is breathtaking. And then he, he had just told Elaine she was breathtaking and she looks at the baby she's, she's like, like, wait, what? <laughs> what? So then she's trying to like gauge his like level of breath. She's like, you just, you know, said that to the baby because that's something you say and he's like no that baby was breathtaking we used to, i've probably talked about this on here with jason but we've talked about before because josh came up in it uh you know the church we're all from and i've all worked at at one time or another right. and and whatever had a large internship program and jason just forever even now is telling interns you're all world they're changers. world the world changers and i also regularly got to address the interns and i would regularly tell them I mean, you understand statistically, you're probably not, right? Like, maybe one of you, maybe some of you, but not all of you, right? Like, so you and Jason are the encouragement sandwich. <laughs> we're, he we're encourages of, them, you like bring them down, and then he comes back around and like, we, there's no sandwich. It's more like a black and white cookie, really. It's more a yin. yin Look yin to the cookie, thing. Elaine. Again, with Seinfeld, everything goes back to everything Seinfeld. Everything goes back to Seinfeld. But this I think, a, back to the serious side of this conversation, I think what helps when delivering bad news to your employees or volunteers or whatever, right, would be that when you talk to them, you're not always only bringing bad news. Like you have to right, balance yes. that with also you could just go down and you just have relationships with them and they know yes. who you yeah. are. But then if you are the leader that just only when you, when your boss talks to you, it's only when you did something wrong, you're probably not a good boss. And yeah. like your team, I, sorry, go ahead. Now I think the other thing though, Josh, coming back to uh, your quote from Carnegie though, I think that dovetails with this concept of extreme ownership, right? Where, if I, if I'm like the, whatever the shortcoming is, whatever the failure is that I'm talking to you about, isn't your shortcoming or failure as the leader. It's my shortcoming. It's my failure. We're addressing, we're addressing where I failed, not where you failed. We're still going to talk about a, a fix and a solution, but it's not, it's not your failure. It's mine. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not saying you're going down and go, this is where you sucked. I'm just saying you're not always going down there. Um, and only talking to your people when it's like quote unquote bad. Right. Like, yeah. You're building relationships. Yeah. You, you're it is a balance of like, yeah, you do go down there and you go, yeah, it was my bad. And I didn't give you the right documents you needed for this assignment. And that like, quote unquote, that's why they failed at it. But you, yeah, what you're saying, extreme ownership, but that's still not a, fun probably conversation no 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 and i was i i yeah, i'm sorry I, yeah i skipped back to the car i had that thought from the carnegie quote and wasn't necessarily tying it 
to what you're saying about if if all your interactions are just the negative, just right. the failings, right? You failed. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I think there's a lot of merit to the concept of uh, like the failures are mine, the wins are the teams. Right. Yeah. 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 And then like even just going down to your people if you are a leader and just hanging out with them and it's like not even yeah. bringing up work things per se it's just yes. like hey i know you're into this thing how's that thing going or i know you had this engagement how did that engagement go and like knowing your people um yeah and then not even bringing up work things and you go all right see you guys and then they go oh he he didn't need anything from us or he just came in doctors that's cool and i think having that but, balance too so then when you do go to them with hey this thing kind of wasn't up to standard let's try to be whatever it, they're right. they're more willing to be like oh yeah that's- but that's why you know like leadership is this thing right where it's simple not easy right it's yeah. just yeah. the toughest thing in the world because there is a dichotomy to that where it's like you need to be invested but you can also be too familiar is the flip side right you can mm-hmm. be too friendly to where when it's time to be the leader you don't there's an there's a component of respect yeah that needs to to be there mm-hmm. right so it's like you want to be invested and it shouldn't be all business all the time but you also still need to be the leader be be the boss uh and it's it's a it's a tightrope you've got to walk sometimes yeah, it's a little bit tricky too because with the authority side too sometimes if you're overly friendly or overly yeah. like buddies then yeah it it causes um some issues but i don't know we always talk about how um people will stay um will come for your vision but they'll stay for the relationships that they build Mm. there and i think that's so true with any type of organization you know once you build some relationships your people will like josh was saying too if you go down and talk to people and just like not work related stuff Mm -hmm. people are going to stay because they they fall in love with you as a leader you know yeah and then when you do pitch a new direction on leadership or like a a new like hey we're going to change course and go this like your team is going to be more on board to a change than they would be otherwise because they know you as a person you have built and worked for that relationship and right and there's some trust there too so yeah that's big yeah it's uh it's something i i struggle with in leadership because I just abhor small talk and people and people. <laughs> so I'm just like, no, yeah. I mean, I hate the superficial small talk too, but it's like, as I've grown, I'm like, it's the necessary evil as a freaking good leader, I guess, because people, <laughs> a lot of people, Kale, you and I hate the small talk, but like people, normal people like small talk. And I'm like, why though? Like, can you just, can I just ask you for this thing? And I don't have to go through these hoops before I ask for the thing, but like to get like what we're saying to the relationship and the whatever and the camaraderie, like to do the little small talks, to go out of my way and talk and whatever it does, you will see better results later on strategic, not tactically, but (laughs) it's just inside. I mean, probably someone I've led at one point in life is going, so he was annoyed when he asked how my dog was like, no, but like there is but like yeah. there are times where I'm like, I just want to skip ahead to like where I need this thing. Like that happened today, actually, at work. I just needed this one thing. And then this he was like, oh, let's go on a 30 minute tour on this thing. And I'm going to talk to you. And I was like, I needed to leave 30 minutes ago. But I was like, <sighs> I, inside, I was like, I know this is building a relationship and this is actually good. I just need to get going. But, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you should have faked a phone call. <laughs> I used to be able to do that with tile back in the day. You could double click the tile and it would ring your phone. And if people didn't know any better, they would just think you were getting a phone call, but it's just tile ringing your phone. What is tile? Like the like little, little trackers, changes. little locators. Oh. But air tags don't have like the reverseness of it. Yeah. I feel like Kale's used that phone call th- trick on me before. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I've been talking to you. You're like, hang on, I no, got to take this. I would never. Yeah. 
No. I think they have apps probably where you can like just plug it in real quick. Like call me in like two minutes or something, and then bling, your phone just starts ringing. Oh, sorry, I gotta take this. I'm pretty should, sure if app. they haven't, we should invent that app. I have long. I I'm loath to even discuss it on air, but at this point, I'm not going to make it happen. And the world would just be a better place if it did happen. Here's an app that I want to exist, and I feel like this is thoroughly achievable with current technology. I want a call screening app. So you call my phone and it's going to dump you into this app. And this app's going to filter you through some multiple choice questions. Now me as the user, I can decide what knowledge base I want to test you on. Maybe pop culture's what I'm into, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's politics. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's just like general IQ level, but I want to filter you through, say, five to ten questions. Wait, are these your friends you're filtering? This or is just the general whoever's public? Whoever's calling my phone. Oh my and so you can, you can either pick your own questions or you can say, I want questions where a score of X would indicate an IQ of X or higher. Or I say, I want, the, I want to pull the questions that a score of 80 or higher indicates, uh, you know, a, a, an adult level of understanding of current events. We what, would never what, speak. We would, I would never make it through. His. Well, it depends. That's maybe not goal. to me, but maybe, but maybe to some people. So where it's like, um, you know, maybe you want to go with one question. Maybe you want to go with like, and I'm not saying this is me. I'm not saying this needs to be you, but maybe it's like, if you can't name, say, like the vice president or the secretary of state or three of nine, which is reasonable, three of nine Supreme Court justices, your call doesn't get connected. And it's not rude. It doesn't say, sorry, you're too stupid to talk to this person or this person finds you boring. It just says, we're sorry, we're unable to connect your call at this time. And it doesn't dump you to voicemail. It just hangs up on you. Oh, my God. I, I would never. never I wouldn't call you because I don't want to answer all the stupid questions. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, we don't need him to be my friend. Well, so listen... You only have to do it once. Oh, so this is like the level of our friendship. Like if I pass this first right, test, then, I can then always it knows. call you. Hey, this number's this number's clear. This number's good what to go. What if, let's say, Jade is too smart to be ever in this situation, but what if your wife tries to call you and she doesn't pass the test? Uh, it's, I mean, it's no... I mean, there's topics you could pick. Like everybody's got their weak spots, but that just... So that wouldn't, as that the call, happen. sorry, I'm trying to understand so this you app. Could, you could white the, so you could whitelist people if you wanted to be like, hey, uh, I don't have a brother, so we'll use my brother. Hey, my brother, he's dumb, but I love him. So yeah. whitelist, he doesn't have to go. Uh, app, gotcha. l- app okay. let this person through. But somebody, somebody has has called before, and you're like, hey, whatever my my ten questions are, my five questions, you've got to get eighty percent right. To, to get through. You either get it four out of five, mm-hmm. eight out of 10, whatever. Um, okay, you got your eight, eight out of 10 last time you called, so you're good. No questions for you this time. We're going to put you right through. People would pay for this app. <laughs> okay, web developers out there, if you're listening. If, if you, listen, if you, could, if, if you could pay for an app that means you don't ever have to talk to anyone again who you feel is unintelligent or not worth your time based on whatever your metric or standard is like, Hey, if somebody's quiz questions are on like current, like pop music or about like fashion, I'm out. We're not going to talk on the phone. Like I'm not going to get through your app and that that's okay. Back to leadership things. Um, I think like one thing a leader, like a lot of leaders I think need, to be better at overall if i had to pick one and christina i'd like to hear what you think is like a consistent thing that leaders fail at typically like what's the most consistent thing like most leaders need to work in this area i think one big thing is explaining the why on things 
Like, why are we putting this change in place? Why are we have this certain operating procedure? Why um, you're over here and not over there? Why are you in this meeting and not in that meeting? The why. And I feel like norm, like most people, like if you, the meeting one, for instance, if you were in a meeting and then they take you out of that meeting, why? Here's why. And like to the leader, he might have a perfect good reason. Like, well, because we will talk about things that have zero thing zero percent to do with you but then that person might not see it in that perspective and then they're now they're just butt hurt so <laughs> explaining the why on things will help people get buy-in right yeah because like this is why we're doing it. and it be by you not being in here that means you can be out here doing this all these extra things now because you're not held down into this little meeting that didn't matter to you yeah what, what do you think i think you're right i mean i think that is a big problem i don't know that it's like the number one issue leaders face. I don't know if there is any one thing that most leaders face, but, um, apps that don't quiz <laughs> apps that one. don't block you. If you don't know all the presidents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree though. I think leaders should, um, tell their people why I think sometimes leaders don't have to. Okay. So it's, it's like this, it's an issue because sometimes you shouldn't tell your people all the wise, like they shouldn't need to know everything um, because they're just some issues that your entire staff doesn't need to know about. But sure. for the most part, when you're talking with um, followers, it is really important to, to explain the why, especially when there's like a transitional phase or if there's any changes or if there's something different happening in the organization. Um, people get scared, people have fears, and they don't know why something is happening. They automatically assume everything is personal, everything's directed at them, they start to fear for their position, they start to fear um, if the leader is against them, and and it, it causes a very toxic work environment and a very fear-filled work environment. So I think it's really important that leaders stop, take a minute, and explain the why behind their actions so that their team knows what's going on. So for example, um, I worked at a nonprofit organization and uh, I was only part time, but so I missed a lot of meetings. And um, when I would come in, I would work in the evenings a lot of times. And I was one of the only people for the main staff that were there in the evenings. We had a night calling program, so other people would be there, but they weren't. Uh, they were part time people, too. So anyways, there would be a lot of times when I wouldn't know what was happening in the organization and we would just get like memos like here's the new change that's happening. And as somebody who's like a part timer, it was like one of my first jobs out of college, I would feel so nervous and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, my boss hates me. Like they're not including me yeah. in this. I don't know why we're doing this. And it just caused a lot of fear and a lot of unneeded stress. Yeah. And so I remember walking into my boss's office one time being like, hey, I just want to know why we're doing this kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, he's like, you know there's a purpose behind this change and it's actually for your benefit. We're doing this so that it will work right. out better for you, but I had no idea. And so I immediately went to worst case scenario. So yeah, I think, um, especially in uh, times of transition and times of change, um, anytime there's like any uncertainty or something different happening in the organization, leaders should be talking to their people and explaining the why behind their actions just so that there's no fear. And it continues to build trust so that people can see the direction that the organization is heading in, even if they don't necessarily agree. And as a leader too, like if your employees do ask you why, it's probably like sometimes I can see some leaders it, it taking like an ego hit, like why are right. you questioning my decisions? And it's like, no, as and then on the other side, as a leader, it should be your job to constantly probably remind them of the why, even though you I already told them last week. It's like, no, probably you like 
I would assume like whenever in services at church, sometimes when we give announcements for events, we just always assume, even though we just played a video, we just spoke it on the mic and the whole entire sermon was about that event. There's still going to be like 30 people that go, what's happening on that day? What's going on? So yeah. like, even though you do all the things, you still have to over communicate the why, like on for like a leadership perspective and just constantly be telling and not be offended when they're like, why are we doing that way? Because sometimes when like what you were doing, like you're down to, to do whatever, but you didn't understand like, wait, why are we doing this? And he goes, oh, this is why you were instantly, oh. I bought yeah, it. I get fine. it. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And actually, um, Simon Sinek wrote a book that says start with why. And he's talking about uh, making sure that your entire team is on board with your vision and the why behind your organization, like always focusing in on the the main point. And so uh, that book is just really good. It's gold. Um, but for leaders to know to just reminding people of the vision, this is why we're doing things as an organization. And if we're making these decisions, it's always going back to our vision and our, our core mission statement too. So That's I think good. it just helps bring people back to the why of the overall motivation for the organization. I actually well, own is... that book. That's funny. Do you? Well, Have I was you like, read it? I feel like that sounds familiar. It's in my iBooks. <laughs> it just popped up. Oh, nice. Well, but this is one of those things that applies equally to the micro and the macro. Right. Right. So, yes, you want to give the why, you want to give the purpose behind those big organizational moves and changes. Mm-hmm. But it also matters very much so in the mundane. Like, there's nothing that people hate more than a pointless task. People don't like right. busy work. Right. Very, very few people like busy work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people don't want to feel like their time is wasted and has, has no meaning. And, you know, we can all identify with this concept um, at a, you know, a very literally elementary level in that no one as a child likes to hear because I said so. No one. We never, ever outgrow that. It's not that kids don't like that. Humans don't like that. We don't like because I said so. I assume you had a reason. Yeah. If you feel it's a good one and a justifiable one, let's have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And if you've got a good and if you don't have a good reason, maybe you shouldn't have someone doing that task. Right. Or maybe you shouldn't be making that change. Right. If it's not defensible, if enough of your people who are bought into whatever your mission is are going, well, have you thought about this or what about this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and they're poking holes and seeing gaps. Hey, maybe we don't need to be doing, you know, right. We, we do this every week. We've had somebody doing this thing, but why? Exactly. Because somebody's always done that thing. Well, that's not a good reason, right? If there's not an ROI there, mm-hmm. maybe their time is better better spent elsewhere. So if you can't give that why, that's a problem in and of itself. And it's not that, no, uh, you know, the person mopping the floors doesn't need to know the inner workings of your budget. They don't need right. that, that why, right? But they might need to hear, oh, you know, we can't get that, you know, Yes, we'd love for you to have that new piece of equipment. That you're we'd love for you to have that automatic mopper so you don't have to be pushing this thing around. But we just don't have the budget for it right now because here's the budgetary priorities right now and here's how it benefits the whole organization. And as things grow, that's going to free up the capital to get you that thing. Exactly. Right. So we want to do that thing for you. But right now it's an either or. And if we do that thing here, we can't do this thing here. It's not all you're not telling them what the salary budget is. You're not telling them what everybody is making. You're not, you know, you're not telling them what new investors and helping. But you're given that understanding to we're not just saying no, we don't just care that it's not that we don't care that that thing would make the floors would be cleaner and your life would be easier. Right. We're back to win, win, win. Right. right? <laughs> um, win. And, win. and you love us. But if we deploy that capital there right now, this thing over here, that's more critical. Can't, 
can't get done exactly right now or whatever. And just giving that why and people can, people can handle that. People can understand that. Yes. And it goes back to, to that idea of ownership and buy-in too. When people know the why, then they're more on board to push your change or to push whatever you're pushing with you because they know the reason behind it. So they're more on board. And again, it takes away like that fear of, Hey, is this a me thing or is this a, a team thing? I just found a cool little Jocko quote I just had in my notes. Uh, he about exactly what we're talking about, which is funny. He said, uh, you want to motivate people, tell them why they're doing what they're doing and let them take ownership of it and run with it. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. So what would you say um, is like one of the top things that most leaders struggle with or fall short at? What, what's your a common thing? Wasn't that this question? We I started with that and then I saw and I thought mine was the why leaders not explaining why. But what are, what are in your opinion, Christina, what is what you've seen like leadership leaders struggle with the most? I don't know. Like this is the number one thing. It's just something that's come up frequently lately. So I'll just kind of pick on this idea of like micromanaging people as opposed to leading mm. them. And it's so frustrating to watch too, because you see people who really just don't have the leadership skills maybe, or for whatever reason, they feel like they need the control maybe to kind of flex their muscles a little bit or, or whatever the case is. Right. Um, and you see them managing people as opposed to leading them and supporting them. So it becomes more like you guys said earlier, it's an ego thing or it's a, um, you know, I want to make sure I look good and it's really not leadership. It's, it's just, um, manipulating people into trying to make you look good as a leader. And so that's been something lately that's, I don't know, just popped up several organizations that I've been in conversation with. Um, so we've noticed that lately. I don't know that it's the number one issue. It's just something that's popped up a lot. How would you combat as a leader being a micromanager and how as a subordinate can you manage a micromanaging boss? What are some so, tips? So as a leader, I think so, a lot of people who are micromanaging don't realize they are, or mm. maybe no one's told them. So, I mean, um, I mean, it's rare as the person that will go, yeah, I'm a micromanager. Yeah. I love micromanaging people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's nice to have like 360 feedback as a leader, like to encourage your, uh, your team to be like, Hey, I, or maybe like specific people on your team be like, Hey, give me permission. If I'm out of you know line here, like I, I trust you, um, to, to correct me and to let me know when I'm being crazy. Um, so as a leader, maybe that's a, a way to go. Um, now as a, a follower, I've been in positions where I had a, a micromanaging boss and I'll just tell you that like, I, worked my hardest to pivot them <laughs> away from being micromanaging to me. So like sometimes they would, um, you know, you know, over execute and be like, okay, Christine, did you do this, this, or this? And then I would gently push back and be like, Hey, um, why are you asking me this? Do you not trust me? And I turned it into a coaching, you know, opportunity for them. Now mm -hmm. it didn't fix all my micromanaging leaders, but for some of them, it kind of gave them pause and I think made them a little bit more nervous to come talk to me again the next time. <laughs> I just hear Michael Scott going, it was my understanding that I wasn't going to be managed. And then right. David Wall is going, what gave you that impression? He goes, it was my understanding. Was my understanding. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, from a default aggressive standpoint, like, um, because it's, it's, it's all, it's all ego. One of my pet peeves is like being asked about something that I'm, that, it, that I have handled yeah. that it's like in progress. I'm yeah. like, no, I, you didn't even need to give me the task. The task's already underway. It drives right. me crazy. Yeah. Um, I try, you know, I try to plain face it. I try to not give that away, but it just makes me uh, seethe. But 
but you know, which I love your tack on it, which is a little bit default aggressive, but I also love the don't give them room to question, right? Work ahead and over deliver and over provide them with information. Yeah. Like do the work, give them updates before they can come ask for them Mm -hmm. and just make it to where they start to feel like it's a waste of time to micromanage you. Like they have all the information they could possibly want. They have information they don't want. You've over delivered on status updates and and everything where like if you get to the point where they're going hey you, like you don't have to keep me <laughs> this in the loop when right right like, hey roger that boss like you yeah. know but let then me, my luck would be that leader thrives on getting all that information he's and, like, you're, and then it, he's still micromanaging more. and you're like i i'm out of i'm out of sticks i'm out of carrots carrots <laughs> oh another good quote <laughs> The office is like Mike, Michael Scott here. is unmanageable. Yeah. <laughs> what was his leadership book? Somehow I manage. Somehow I manage, and I'll on the cover. I'll have my arms like this, like this. <laughs> the audience can't see that, but no. he was shrugging. I was shrugging with my hands up. I look forward to reading. It, it was like the emoji of a million copies sold, more than the Bible. I'm not surprised. Read it. I own it. <laughs> but no, I have not read it. <laughs> uh, Everything is the office. That's you all my leadership funny. questions for you today. I just, Thank uh, you for just asking like to me hear a, a doctorate's perspective on leadership and I want to see well, how you, you stacked have... up to somehow Jocko. And how he wow. talks. Yeah, and it's not billable, so yeah. gotcha. Hey, <laughs> we're gonna cop. We're gonna send this out to all these big yeah. companies, and we're gonna make some money. Take and take yeah. your take your Jocko go and leave. <laughs> <laughs> got Don't have me back. Got all we can get out of you. Yeah, perfect. So, like, um, so by pivoting away from the leadership because it's too fun to not talk about, and we don't have to go too much longer tonight, especially since you're nearby. You can come back anytime you want. You're gonna have me back. Um, I'm so shocked. I was like, like, this is a one-time thing, and then they'll be done with me. Like, uh, you guys are Greek. We get it. But like, how like how Greek are you guys? Like, how much to the stereotypes? All the stereotypes up. are true. Name but did one. you guys do oh, so? Like, is there a from, stereotri- stereotype that isn't true, though? It, I, I mean, hit me with the stereotypes. I don't know. Well, no, like from ask my me all from my big fat Greek wedding, like right. the Greek school. Like you guys did Greek school. So we didn't, but my mom and my dad did, and my mom. I mean, we were homeschooled. So and somehow I came out super cool. But you, I mean, <laughs> you guys are Greek by heritage. You weren't born in Greece. Right. Like you're American. Right. You love America. You love freedom. USA, you love, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but now I don't know this about your parents though. Both Greek, but they're, they're both natural born Americans, aren't they? Or no? No, they're, they're not. Okay. Greece, so. They? No. So you guys are in for a treat with the history of the Angelakis's. So my mom is um, first generation American. My grandmother um, on my mom's side was born in Greece. Uh, My grandfather was born in America, but his father and mother were born in Greece. So that's her side. Now, my dad was not born in America. My grandparents on my dad's side were born in Greece. And then they immigrated to Australia, That's where my dad was, was born. Yeah, and my mom is the only woman in the world who hates the Australian accent. And she's like, oh, I hate that accent. I'm like, what are you talking what? about? Well, she hate this and accent. So- she doesn't like it. She's probably listening <laughs> to this podcast, real me. And she's thinking, she turned it off why like is that an Australian or is that New Thor? Zealand? That was a good accent. Good job. But she's happy that my dad doesn't sound like that. So um, he came over when he was eight. So he lost his accent. Blimey, Becca. You're you're (laughs) mighty pretty. Let's have some three kids together and let's move to Florida and we'll live there and have our kids. 
Is that good? I'm just I harnessing mean, my inner Korg from. I love that you called but Rebecca. Their mom, their mom just tuned out. Like she's yeah, she, she turned she, off she the turned podcast. Off. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, she tuned out a long time ago. If she even listened <laughs> to this, I'd be shocked. It's oh fantastic. Yeah, Rebecca Angelakis. Look her so, up on Facebook. Do you guys all speak Greek? No. So we. My parents speak very well. We can speak. I mean, obviously, I can swear you out in Greek very easily. Yeah, I can well, order anything. Learns, you know, everybody the learns first, the cuss words yeah, first. Yeah, it's first. Um, I can order anything in you know at any Greek restaurant. How do you and, say euro in Greek? Is it gyro? Like it's gyro. 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 That makes me feel yeah. that was that was a little uh, Asian dude on Heroes. Gyro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how you say it. <laughs> wow, we're gonna have to edit all this out. Um, nah. <laughs> um, but we, my sister and I—that was our first language, Greek—and then my brother was born, and my mom couldn't keep up, so we've kind of lost it. But anytime you need me to like curse you out, I'm it'll be all in Greek. Sweet, but I would know it. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, who? Who knows? Have you That's seen true. Jimmy Fallon do that one music video where they don't know how to say the word Euro? Yes, it's amazing it's and funny. so true. Yeah. Have you watched this? Have we talked about this? On, I think I said it a couple weeks ago okay have you watched his new show that's my jam we talked about it a little bit i think on the podcast i think we did anyways what yeah. is it it's I pretty heard good it. it's um it seems like a lot of musical game bits he used to do on his show but like production times 100 and uh. he has really good singers and stuff people on there one of them they had um uh chance sing uh it's getting hot in here but in a country <gasps> rendition Oh, that's and fun. it was fire, and like so, like they take a lot of songs and these amazing artists just sing things you would never hear these artists sing. Sometimes they have like w- random people, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's really not a singer, but like but he's he can musically sing. talented. Yeah, yeah. So he was on there, and um, different weird people like that have been on. It's actually been really good. You should watch it. But does it not feel like he's just biting off James Corden a little bit? Like I feel like James Corden has kind of made the musical bits his his domain i, but I, feel I like, go out of my way to not watch james gordon because i like good and funny things so wow. i don't i don't know any of those bits dude like uh carpool karaoke and his rap battles they hold up they're entertaining his rap battles are good what five years ago that yeah and then the carpool karaoke <laughs> so is all fake i saw photos that he's just on a trailer he's not even driving so they've addressed it. it so, they've addressed it. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You, you don't get mad all, at the office for doing the, that. The office does that. That's a TV show, though, and that's different. I I, I don't like you. You might want to sit down for this, but James Corden also just on TV, just a TV no, show. Like that's like we know it's fake. Like the show is fake. They're playing characters. James is being James, interviewing real celebrities, depicting that he's driving, but he's not. Jerry Seinfeld exact same thing he's no driving. he really drives he's driving yeah That's the thing. Jerry drives. seinfeld is driving so it's possible we oh, can we can talk oh. we can host and do things and drive why can't james drive you feel so like passionate about this but i feel like it's because you're such a fallon fan that like nobody else compares i just don't like james gordon i think Corden, Corden, gordon james yeah george Corden. jeff gordon Yes, I just don't think he's funny, and I don't know how he's as famous as he is. And I'm like, can you just go back across the pond? Why are you over here <laughs> taking up our airwaves? Leave. But have you seen his um where they do the stoplight theatrical? Like they, it's a stoplight somewhere in L.A. and they have like a whole production come in during the when the it's the red light, and the people in the cars are like annoyed slash 
confused. I would just be annoyed. It's it's really funny. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, all right, now I'm on your team now, Josh. Oh my goodness, because of that. <laughs> I can't, I'm, just, not, I'm never coming back to, here. I mean, I do like work, his right? rap battles and they were cool. Like he did a great job at those. That's that's good. But like, I don't know, he just he just annoys me. I don't know what, I, it's like Big Bang Theory. I just, that show sucks. And I, people that like that show, I don't understand it. And I feel like I've given it several episodes and I sit there and I do not, I legitimately do not understand what people find funny in that show. And I feel the same with James. Like, I'm like, what do you guys see funny in this? Because I, I'm having a real hard time finding this funny. Or they said Sheldon was funny, but it's the same. It's, it's the same bit as, uh, uh, what's his name in, uh, guardians of the galaxy where everything's literal. That's the Sheldon stick. Oh, Drax. it's the same joke. Drax. Yeah. yeah. It's the same joke. They're the same person. I've never thought of that. That's really funny. Yeah. I would watch yeah. Drax 10 hundred years times longer than I would ever watch Sheldon. I don't find that dude funny. <laughs> Bazinga. Like, shut up. That was stupid. That's not funny. Well, I don't. Nah, he don't. made me laugh sometimes. Don't they say, though, that show is like like smart comedy for dumb people. And then Frasier was like smart comedy for smart people. Have you heard that thing? That could be. I feel like that was yeah. like a saying that they were saying. Well, the laugh track people. on big bang is insane. I'm like, well, that's I don't like thing. laugh tracks. That's, that's the thing that delineates whether or not the comedy is for smart people or dumb people. Yeah. Now, not that I've never laughed at a show with a laugh track, but back when laugh tracks were the thing too, right. like now I'm like, uh, if you need to tell me when to laugh, <laughs> Right. You failed at your task. Well, everything in Big Bang is apparently funny to these fake laughers. Like every, everything. And yeah, the guy running like, okay. the laugh track is like super happy. He's like pushing that button a lot. But my sister and I always joked like you, everyone needs a friend that's like their laugh track so that they cue the rest of the audience that you're hanging out with like when your jokes are funny and it just makes you a funnier person if you have a laugh track friend with you. I think that's real. Okay. I could see that. That's fair. I could see that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're in a group of friends and like you have the one friend that always laughs at your jokes and it makes the rest of like the audience laugh see, with you. But that's not that's not our crowd. It's the opposite. <laughs> you got to work for it. Like our our circle will let you bomb. Like that's you true. will hear the crickets. <laughs> have they you ever heard this crickets, podcast? They carry crickets <laughs> with them. So that it's funny because sometimes people who are kind of on the fringes will be like, yeah, like Josh was like making this joke and you didn't even acknowledge it. You just kept talking. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh when it's funny. These are the worst. We really are. And yet also the best. How do you make a table? (laughs) You build a chair, but you don't sit on it. See, it all works. It all connects. Yeah. So what's the go-to, like when you're learning to cook Greek food, what's the first thing you got to, you got to know how to make this thing? You got to kill a lamb. (laughs) Okay. So instead of um, like for American holidays now, we've stopped with the turkey and ham enough of that. We do lamb. Like my dad goes to the store, gets a lamb and we eat lamb for every major holiday. So, but that's tricky. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. But if you were going to like pick one Greek thing to learn how to make, it should be a Greek salad. It's that easy. Seems I mean, that's so not real, though. <laughs> I mean, you asked for the first thing, like the easiest thing. That's what you would make. I really like, and I, say it the Greek way for me, but spanakopita. <laughs> spanakopita. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That I like, I like it too. That. that is a lot of work to make. What's though. that dough called? It's phyllo dough. So you yeah. have to layer it with butter. Like every layer has yeah. butter. In it's between the same it. as baklava, right? Yes. That's except, why I love them both. They're yes. the same thing, but one sweet and one savory. It's, They're the same dish. What I'm saying is, I love the same thing no matter. What. <laughs> really, I don't like either one. I like phyllo dough. You, That's yeah. what I You're like. You're telling me you like butter is what yes. you like. Yes. Because each layer has butter in between it, and it's horrible for you, and it tastes delicious. Yeah. It's so. But good. the one is with spinach and, and probably feta because you. And what you is people. it with feta? It's amazing. What do you mean? What is but it with But there's feta? other cheeses. You guys need to branch what out a little bit. What other cheeses? Oh, for the love. Listen, though, I had some Greece, euro the other of... day and it wasn't lamb. I forget what it was. Was it chicken? Sometimes no, they do that. It wasn't chicken. It was fake <laughs> you meat. You want me to name was... all the animals? Fake meat? Yeah. Like but sausage? It was like a Greek thing. Mm. What, what's the other was one? Was it souvlaki? Huh? Was it souvlaki? No. If mm. I hear the word, I'm like, oh, that's it. But I can't. I don't remember what it is now. I, I mean, want to say it starts with an F. F. I could be wrong. Falafel? That's not Greek. Oh, that's not? Why was no. it that Greek? But, we no, got listen, it from a Greek restaurant. No. Falafel. There's all these foods that kind of get confused and are real similar, right? Like, right. Greeks do baklava, but so does like, the, there's a lot of Middle Eastern cultures that do baklava. Right. Yeah. What what gives? Okay, who's so, who's stealing from who here? Obviously, Greeks invented everything, We're so about to you're say welcome. Some inflammatory. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So everything came from Greece. So all the other ones are fake and false and okay. disgusting and should not be eaten. So falafel I mean, is not a Greek thing. That's like a Mediterranean thing. Okay. So why is, I guess Greece. Does is anybody know what shawarma actually is though? No. Sh- Have you had it? Isn't that a thing from like the Avengers? They made yeah. a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, we had we shawarma the other night and it was disgust. No, the s'mores thing. What's the thing that Michael Scott thought was s'mores? What is that thing? <laughs> Uh, Samoas. Samoas. We had Samoas the other night, and they were. I I told Kira it was like licking the floor of a Chinese restaurant or something because it, it, it did not taste uh, good. At I all. think you were just expecting it to be a s'more. But yeah, that that's what it was. It, I how mean, hard is, is it? It's a graham cracker, marshmallows, and chocolate. How hard is it? Now this is a real solid seven podcast because I have no idea what we're talking about. But aren't there Girl Scout cookies called Samoas? Yes. No. Wait. Wait. What wait. we is ate were like little or? triangles, and it was like disgusting meat and it was it was horrible <laughs> basically it was not the s'more you were expecting <laughs> no <laughs> so but is but hang on i'm gonna google this okay but this we is, shouldn't like this is serious just talk. though baklava who who owns it we do greeks you're welcome are you sure yes i mean you guys did give us western culture we gave you everything philosophy yes democracy de- democracy yeah the olympics i could go on well, and on we're uh, we're boycotting the olympics here at the solid seven podcast oh are we you? are yeah yeah. Why? All right. Let's not talk anymore and say friends. Uh, it's the Winnie the Pooh Olympics. It's in, it's in China. Oh and uh, while our government didn't have the guts to just flat out boycott, we here at the Solid Seven Podcast will not be participating in this charade. Oh, I like, I don't know anything. So I, I was just looking forward to watching curling. No, I was watching curling before I came here. Wait, it's already because started? I was trying to stay awake. Yes. Where have you been? Well, this has been the thing with oh. the Olympics for a while now, too. A, I don't support that they've like split them so that they're every two years. I'm not a fan of that change. Never have been. Love it. Again, it goes back to my point about the encouragement. It was more, it was specialer. It was more special. It was specialist. <laughs> Why do you hate when fun was, and competition? When it was every four years. It was a bigger deal and it was more fun. But now they're like... They, they do all these events before the opening ceremonies. Well, okay, well, now it's not the opening ceremonies. It's just some show you want to do. That I, I was asking my sister about. I'm like, why is this on before the opening ceremony? So it was confusing. But yet yes. I watched it and the women's hockey game. 
So USA is doing well so far. Amen. Don't, I mean, people listen to this like three months from now and be like, oh man. Okay. So <laughs> Girl Scouts, <laughs> Samoa cookies are crisp cookies with caramel, coconut, and dark chocolatey stripes. Yeah. Those are the ones that I like. Yeah. Do you see this? Can you see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Girl Scouts, the sham is up. Like Keebler makes all the same cookies and I can buy them all year round and not support your crazy woke policies. And so. Well, they're expensive let's do too. That. Yes, I they can't are. pay $10 yes, for cookies. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm so disappointed that uh there's a picture of Who is that? Yeah. Jason Momoa Momoa? Yeah, be- because of <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Sorry, I shouldn't be but, on, yeah, on Google. It's no, distracting. I'm like I like I didn't grow up like as a scout, but I like now, you know, as an adult and a parent, like I would love for like the organization as it was to still exist, both of them, yeah. Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts for my children to participate in. But I feel like you have scout-like abilities though yeah. and tendencies. Now, I uh, to continue the show references, I would be A-okay with either of my children joining the Swansons, um, <laughs> but Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts as they exist right now. I'm just waiting for, at some point, somebody needs to just make the obvious play of, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take the Boy Scout handbook, the Girl Scout handbook from... 50, 7,500 years ago, whatever. And we're just going to start a new organization. We're not going to make any, it's just that it's not, we're not going to rewrite. It's just, it's just the just original. What, we're just going to do what it, what it was. Yeah. But good parks and rec. Comment. Oh, I love, That's I love a good so parks funny. and rec reference. Again, developed by the same people as the office. So. Indeed. Yeah. Mike sure. Yeah. Mike sure. So, and Brooklyn nine, nine and Dude, the good place. I'm, and we're watching it through Brooklyn nine, nine right now. I didn't know they were nine, done. Nine? with nine nine i didn't know they were done with it so we just got to the first episode of season eight which is the last season have you ever watched brooklyn nine nine i watched the first like two seasons and it was funny the goiter episode i was crying i was laughing so hard charles is the biggest idiot ever and i just love him so much it's so funny but the first episode of season eight was the most woke like it, it was almost like satirical how like but they were being serious but i'm like this feels like you're making fun of it, but no, but you guys are being serious and it was so bad. And yeah. I was like, what did this show get rated? Like on, I, like if you go on IMDb, they have like the ratings. And yeah, so yeah. like m- average, I would say they're in the eights. Right. And then yeah. they ended season seven, like nine point something pretty good. Yeah. This episode was like 4.8. <gasps> and then the next episode That's was like eight, back up at the eights in this, in the nines and what, like the last episode of the series got a nine something. And I'm like, wow. Cause at first I was like, am I just uninitiated and I, and I don't have a heart like these woke people do, but I was like annoyed this whole episode. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is dumb. And, uh, and then apparently the world also agrees Agreed with, with you. my yeah. sen- sentiment there. Get woke, go broke. Amen, brother. It was funny. I, it hadn't dawned on me that this was part of why I was enjoying the Navy SEAL show that I've been watching. But uh, a buddy of mine, actually one of our Patreon supporters, was talking to me this week about a show that he was watching. He's like, it's got some of the, you know, the woke politics in it. I don't think we need to be more specific about yeah. it than that, right? right. Um, you know, some of the woke politics in it, but it hasn't been that bad. And he came in my office. He's like, they find like they jumped the shark this episode like it yeah. finally whatever and i'm like dude i've been watching this navy seal show and now that you mention it i'm three seasons in there's been nothing really nothing like and 
Like there's always something, something now. Yeah. Nothing. Well, I'm like, wait, how many seasons does it have though? Like, uh, they're on their fifth season right okay, now. Okay, so you still have time. No, but so, but I'm into the fourth season now. Oh. I wasn't when I had that conversation with him, and okay. now I'm into the fourth season, and still nothing. That's great. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna watch this again when I'm done. So now that's the only show I watch. Yeah, I know. I've been rewatching Seinfeld, of course, just because yeah. it's so great. Kira, we watched all through it and she was like, whatever about Seinfeld. Like, I think the first time we watched it, but then I've just been putting it on like as a background show and I've been here. I think she's now maybe paying attention. She didn't pay attention to the first time around. I don't think because she, I hear her laughing out loud now. Oh, that's awesome. Sometimes I feel like it grows on you. Like my sister-in-law doesn't like it, but she was a really hardcore friends fan. So I feel like you're either one or the other. I don't know. I think Seinfeld's hilarious, but we grew up on it. So. Yeah. yeah, I was always more like I would have liked Seinfeld more than than Friends. Like I was never into it, but then like rewatching Friends uh, with my wife, who was a big Friends fan. Like, yeah. it's like anything. It's like watching with somebody who's into it. It changes draws it. you, draws you more into it. Yeah, so. and then you have a connection to it yeah. or something. And but. it was like I, I always like like Chandler was the only one that was ever a draw <laughs> because for it's me, you. obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, and st- still even now he's i mean he's just got the best lines in the whole show the whole time the whole series there's other funny things i don't think i've seen friends but like, i don't think i've watched an episode of friends yeah it's it, it's it's good uh, yeah. you, you'd, you'd enjoy it if you okay. watched it you you would like it but i've never seen I, an episode of friends uh, yeah same but i love um just as a social commentary right now like is anything more more true to life right now than the bit when Kramer's doing the AIDS walk but doesn't want to wear the ribbon. <laughs> like, we're living that in COVID times. That is so funny. I forgot about that episode. No. You don't want to no, wear the I'm ribbon. here. I'm Who supporting the cause. Yeah. He's wearing the ribbon. I am wearing the ribbon. <laughs> Why aren't you not wearing the ribbon? I just, oh. I just don't wear ribbons. Yeah. I'm supporting the cause. I just don't wear ribbons. He's literally walking next to you guys. What's the difference? It's yeah. so funny. And no. then they come back for the armoire later. I hated that. Like, why did they just think they could take that armoire? I don't know. It made no sense. And I was totally against it as well. It like bothers me that episode, but it's so funny. Did you guys ever watch the lollipop episode where it's like in reverse? Yes. That's so brilliant. That one is so good. I recently saw that one. I was like, oh. I don't, I like, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm, I, don't, I don't. So it starts off with Kramer, like getting hit in the face with a snowball, but he's eating a lollipop and it's like almost gone. And then the, the show reverse timelines. So slowly each scene, he, his lollipop is getting bigger. It's hilarious. Dude, he is, that character was genius so and nobody else could have played that. But if you watch bloopers, like he, he's a very serious person yeah. and he would never break. Everyone else he's is breaking around him. He's also a raging him. racist. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's canceled. You can't like him now. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, poor guy. So, yeah. well, no, now of all the things that get people canceled right now, like as a white guy dropping the end bomb in anger from the stage. Okay. That one's a problem. Yeah. That one's. Yeah. That's you can't do that, buddy. That's I heard his explanation of it. Like, I don't think he's genuinely racist, but I think it slipped out. Like he, he, he shouldn't have said it at all. And I think it slipped out and he thought, crap, I said that really bad thing. I'm going to keep saying it maybe to where to like lessen the blow. Cause I've done that and not, not with the N word, <laughs> not with the N word, I should say, but like well, I've said like something bad for listening to the Salsam podcast. Yeah, I'm not a racist. And- I have said something bad and then you get the, whoa, you should have said yeah. that. And so then you kind of like to, you think it will help massage it and you jujitsu your way out of it, but you actually <laughs> dig the hole deeper. But sometimes you, it can like you, you just 
keep going and sometimes it's very rare maybe one yeah. time it's ever worked in my entire life you can get out of it but i can understand what direction he was doing with it but it was that's the wrong hole to accidentally scoop and then let me dig further into it maybe i can get out on the other side but it's just crazy too that this like <laughs> the time we're living in now is if your worst mistake is recorded played back and like viral for everyone to see too. So like, there's no escaping it for him. It will yeah. always follow him. Yeah. And like, yeah. he made a mis- a horrible mistake, but now that is his thing and it yeah. will be with you forever. And Destroys people will, his whole body yeah. Of, yeah. Like before, before the internets, you know, you make a yeah. mistake and some people know about it, but. Well, and there's just, there's no room for like the default is, oh, well that was just your true self slipping through. Like everything else has been fake. Not, uh, no, like you just caught somebody's worst moment right. ever. Yeah. Like, He's mad at this person and he wanted to hurt them. What's yeah. going to hurt them? What's going to enrage them? Right. Right. Where it's like, it's not to justify the use of the word. It's just like the pattern of his behavior in life isn't one of somebody who is racist. Right. Uh, right. Which, I mean, what does that word even mean now? I mean, I guess it depends on on how you want to define it because words don't have fixed meanings anymore. Mm. Um but yeah, and that this is why I've always like I'm I'm a bit of a political creature. I like politics. I follow politics, uh, but I've never been one to like bash or mock politicians based on gaffes because yeah. like you're on camera twenty four seven. Of course, you've said stupid things. Yeah, like follow anybody around with the mic for that long, and you're gonna have plenty of gaffes. And, and like for celebrities too, it's just sad. Like. You, you know, you make one mistake and that follows you around forever. And then all these people are dissecting it, how you said it and, you know, really up in arms about it. And, you know, you're a human, you feel horrible. I mean, I'm assuming most people would feel horrible yeah. for saying something like that. And then, well, and it seems like the only way through it at this point, the people that are really coming out the other side. Okay. is the people who just refuse to play along. The yeah. people who refuse to be canceled. Yeah. Well, the people him, who refuse to be, to apologize. Bad. Yeah. You can't really, Say I'm gonna I'm gonna yell the N word fifteen hundred times and I'm just not gonna get canceled. His he yeah, didn't really yeah, yeah. get that out on his. But I get what you're saying. Like the fake, uh, the people using the Me Too movement to out dudes that didn't just it was a bad date. It wasn't like yeah. an actual assault. Those yeah, like no, I didn't do anything. I'm not gonna get canceled. Sorry. Yeah, those are the ones that are. I'm like you go, man, or woman. Yeah. We're all <laughs> equal, separate but or, equal. Or however you identify. Yeah. But just Actually, to clarify, I'm not racist, by the way. <laughs> I, want to be well, very, I just want to be very clear. <laughs> You're the one who edits this, right, Josh? Just edit this entire conversation. I'm going to edit out this entire segment. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, uh, kids, we're coming up on the two-hour mark, wow. and uh, we're well past Christina's bedtime. She's going to turn into a pumpkin I've been any sleeping now. most of this conversation. <laughs> but you were just talking. <laughs> No, it doesn't stop me. I'm Greek. Uh, I love it when Michael Scott's driving his sunglasses on to Pam's wedding. Oh, yeah. And then I was saying, he goes, Whoa, man, I was sleeping. <laughs> so I just looked at <laughs> him like, but you're driving. <laughs> like, what? Oh, oh, again with the office. This yeah. should turn into an office podcast. It's already it there. Yeah, it is. We should just it's do an office. Day. Maybe add an episode a week and it's just the office rewatch. Yeah. But we're... Th- we're the third leg of the tripod. You've got the office ladies. You've got Brian, Brian Baumgartners, and you've got and you've got us. If you're an Solid office seven. fan, if you're an office fan, and you're not listening to all three, then you're you're missing a leg, and it's what your stool's going to fall over. I don't know. But the thing that those people can <laughs> bring that four we legs. wouldn't be able to we'd be parroting a lot is they bring a lot of behind the scenes info that we wouldn't 
have unless we heard them say it or we had but to see really what they what it. they lack is the the fan perspective the viewer perspective though yeah we would have to strictly talk about like the episode walk it through and then just almost just laugh at the things or i yeah. don't even oh, know you're talking about doing it for real i'm, I'm just being facetious no i'm saying just, like if we were yeah. to do it how would we do it from a fan's perspective yeah I feel like you guys make stuff up anyways, just talking on this podcast. So anything you say, yeah. you just make up whatever you want. And I mean, yeah, I don't think we'd be the right people to do like an actual show watch. Cause I feel like when the people that get into that are the people who are like actually critiquing like the filmography or digging into the characters, whatever that. I'm not in it for that deep, right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in it to watch Kevin scoop chili into a pot with a file. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, I hate, like, even, obviously, sometimes talk about, like, the continuity. And, like, we had to do this. So it was, con- like, uh, I was listening to the one about the ping pong or something. Like, when they Jim was playing oh, yeah. against Daryl at the ping pong thing. Yeah. Like, they, they that they shot took, like, ball. four hours because the continuity of who had the ball, whatever. And I'm, like yeah who cares like at that level like that's just insane i don't oh, want to talk i about like the behind the scenes well, they were one of the top like podcasts in the country last year so somebody cares no i i mean i, I listened mean, we to it right behind them we yeah. were hot on their heels but i listen to them often but like they're i'm saying not that's so much that the podcast fault but like the fact that the show like they were getting nitty-gritty into the fact that like we right. we had to film this scene for so long because of the continuity i'm like i don't care to get that nitty and gritty i would want to say like- kevin dropped the chili and that was funny right if you, if you guys had a rewatch, it would just be you guys quoting the show and laughing at it out loud, like while you yeah. watch the show. That would be your podcast. Yeah, it's a yeah, mystery uh, science theater 3005. Yes. That's just us just in, interjecting snark to anything. Right. That would be. I, I've uh, long had this I idea. Um, you know, obviously, make no secret here that we, we go to church, we work at church, whatever. But are we sorry? Are we still recording? Like, I don't, yeah, we're still, we're still going. <laughs> like, I don't, we do this all the time. We start to close and then we rabbit trail. But I'm like, please don't think that my snark stops because I like go to a church service. It continues and it's a treat to sit next to me. And I've long said like a lot of churches have the translation system. So it's like, as you're sitting there, you can wear a little headset or some earbuds. And even though maybe the service is in English, you're hearing somebody translate in Spanish. I've long said you buy a, like a second system on a set on a second frequency. You charge five bucks a receiver for my commentary during service. You'd make a killing. I would not. Pa- You'd make a killing. I would not pay five bucks for your commentary. I you, get that for yes, free, and I'm would. like, this is enough. Yes, you would. We almost had to be separated at that last. Uh, yeah, meeting. that's real. That was you horrible, were causing problems. Yeah. So, but uh, well, hey, thanks for coming, buddy. Thanks for having me. Come, come do it again for sure. We'll talk. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about. The only when I asked Christine about coming on, she's like, just we can't talk politics. <laughs> Which really made me, I actually wanted to lead off and just act like we were going to go deep into politics. I knew as soon as I said that, um, you were going to be like, let's just, this is a political, you yeah. know. But I didn't, did I? You did very. No, we kept it well within your wheelhouse. You did surprisingly well. We talked about thin doughs and leadership. Loved it. Yeah. So you Next, brought no baklava. I brought absolutely no baklava. I, I give you, uh, you reject my gift. Yes. We, we tried to gift you. You brought no baklava. Well, I knew right. she would reject it, so that's why I didn't show, even show up. Because I was like, I'm not going to waste my time if she's not going to drink yeah. her drink. Yeah. Perfect. No, Invite me right. back, and I'll reject more drinks. All right. And then we can just talk Seinfeld. What if... Of, what yeah. I would love that. Um, what if if you promised to drink the drink, I would I would come in to the studio, and then we yeah. can have a real talk. Does that matter to you at all? I think you coming into the studio is like the basic decency that you could do as a host. Well, so I, I want to like do this is not a this good was trade-off. the least I could do. 
Right. And exactly. I'm giving you, this is the least I can do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's I feel FaceTiming. It. Yeah. I feel it. So yeah. So yeah, like, you you coming honestly, in is not it's the a pool. treat that he's got a shirt on for like. <laughs> well, thank you. The camera hasn't gone lower, so thank God. <laughs> uh, hey, you could wear you could be pantsless and work for CNN. You'd be fine. So hey. I'm never coming back here. But then I'd have no listeners or good ratings. You'd have all the ratings and all the listeners. Are you kidding? No, I, the joke was because CNN's ratings have tanked, haven't they? I know. Oh, sorry, yeah, I'm I, sorry. I, I was think, still in the pants thing. Yeah, no, I think we're currently. <laughs> I, I think we're so the, currently the Solid Seven podcast. I think is beating several of their shows in viewership. What's up? So, and that's exactly the knock you think it is. That's not a, go woke, go broke. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not commenting on how well we're doing there. That's not what that statement. Listen, means, you at so. least got 30 more uh, listeners from my family. Hey. Yeah, that's the, the immediate whole, that's, family. That's the, I was, I was going to say, at thirty is the whole island, isn't it? That's, <laughs> no, that's a, just first cousins. That's, a, that's insane. What kind of government is Greece? What do they What do they got over there? We create a democracy for you. Yeah, he means now, like oh. now though. Let's talk later. Okay. <laughs> Privately. I just wanted I'll a quick you. question because I was like, because my default, if America gets too insane, I would move to Japan. But then I was remembering how dope Greece was. And I was like, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Greece could be a follow up. But I don't remember if they're no, crazy. Yeah. You should move there for sure. And But Japan, let me just say, has the nicest bathrooms in the world. I was in the airport and you know I was like, I would what they have in their live. bathrooms? Oh, God. <laughs> Christina, we were doing so good. Listen, oh, I would man. move. We were doing so good. I would live in the airport bathroom in Japan. I love that place. Yeah, it was dude. amazing. Yeah. I won't do it so. for Kel's sake. But day. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Greece is but. dope. But the, yeah. their toilet system sucks on the island because you can't throw toilet paper into the toilet. You're not supposed to do it anywhere in Greece, so... Yeah, I know. It's stupid. Yeah. Make bigger pipes, people. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's the only downside is the not throwing... But that's everywhere in Europe, so mostly. I haven't been everywhere in Europe. I've been to Italy and Greece, and I was like, this is a dumb rule. <laughs> I was like, I don't well, even care everything- if I clog. I'm here for two more days. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a oh, definition my. of ugly. Hold on, there's a knock on my door, and I see some red and green flags out there. Just kidding. <laughs> So, well, for real, friend, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Uh, where, uh, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, but where, where can the people find you? Maybe somebody somewhere needs some, some help with volunteer st- teams strategizing or, their leadership. No, yes. Please come find me at uh, volunteeru.org. Spelled exactly you, the you, letter, the letter you, you, not Y yes. O U, like so, university volunteer. University, like which is you, exactly. Volunteers. Yes. Volunteeru.org. Very cool. And uh, we are, of course, the Sound 7 Podcast. Hit up the website, sound7podcast.com. There's always going to be links to the latest episode on there and our affiliate links. So you can go and get yourself some tough gear from Go Ruck or sign up for one of their events. Hit up jockofuel.com or originmain.com uh, and pick up some Made in the USA gear and some supplements. Uh, some drinks, some nutrition to make sure that you are optimized at all times. And there's always a few links to some good causes on there. We still have up the uh, Team Jose link if you want to keep up with uh, our good buddy Jose Fajardo, who's a great friend of the podcast and uh, Convoy of Hope and some other good stuff. Uh, that is always on there. Or if you're looking for a really good cause to support, you can always click our Patreon link on there and become a Solid 7 Podcast supporter. And uh, in addition to all this sweet, sweet goodness, you get bonus content. And uh, you can even get yourself a Solid 7 mug. Christina, of course, already has her Solid mug, 7 mug from being a, a podcast supporter. No, she doesn't. She's not a supporter. 
um, obviously, but you could be. And uh, and you don't have to drink, even have to drink coffee out of it. You can drink whatever uh, you want from it. It's, you can drink your Jocko Go from your Solid 7 mug. It doesn't have to be coffee. So, uh, But we love our Patreon supporters. We love all our listeners equally. If you haven't already, please click that su- subscribe button. Uh, give us the old five-star rating, write a review. All of that helps us do what we're doing and do more of it and, and maybe do it better. I mean, probably not. Probably exactly this good, but it's it's whatever. Yeah. You want, you want to tell the people something in Greek? Do not listen. Do <laughs> I didn't not, know if I was allowed to speak like during that se- section, so I didn't want to say anything. Josh, his eyes glaze over when I do the support. I didn't even know you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> He's been sleeping for He was watching Seinfeld. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Why? Say, uh, Why are you doing this? <laughs> that was my Jerry. That's my best Jerry I could do quietly. Without. So, uh, I thought you were impersonating the dad from my big fat Greek but, wedding. Uh, so. I don't know that we've ever let... let a guest sign us off. Can I like sign you off? the last off? word, but why don't you sign us off in Greek? People say okay. bye. Do you, you don't count that as that? Like sometimes. Yeah, but we're normally bye. after them. Normally. No, I don't. They, the last. Am I going to be the first guest to sign you guys off? You're sure. definitely going to be the first one to do it in Greek. I'm positive <laughs> of that. <laughs> You're going to cut so. this out anyways, but Kalinita. Kalinita.